Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Married Men Don't Talk Show, produced by Household Stress, home of the talk show, top-selling book, and an app for your Android smartphones. We come your way every Tuesday night, but you can get more info about this show by visiting our website, householdstress.com. Listeners can listen to one of our live weekly talk shows by calling in or logging on to householdstress.com from your personal computer as an anonymous guest. Phone lines are open right now, but this show is strictly for men only, so call into the hottest talk show in the world. Now, we have a couple of rules, and they are absolutely no profanity and no politics, and more importantly, no racial stuff. The show is apolitical and race neutral so that we can make sure that any man can feel comfortable on our show. And furthermore, fellas, this ain't Bible study. We want you to just be able to come to our show as a man, and that is it. The Married Men Don't Talk show always presents the hottest topics for discussion, and tonight is no different. Tonight's topic is, I hate my father. I hate my father. My name is Rodney, and I'll be your moderator for the evening. This is a fluid conversation, so if you do have something to say, please feel free to do so. Or if you just prefer to listen, that's absolutely fine as well. But please find your mute button right now if you're just going to listen and kindly put your phone on mute. All right. With all of that said, let's get started. I was raised by my biological mother and father. They raised me and my brother. My brother is eight years my senior, and my parents have actually been married for almost 45 years. Isn't that great? So the first question, fellas, I want to throw out, what about you? Who raised you? Who raised you? Uh, my mom and dad raised me also. And like your parents, my parents have been married 40-plus years. Well, I don't, I didn't get that privilege, fellas. I, my mom was a rolling stone, and uh, and she married my dad, the man that I considered my dad when I was 10. And me and my brother and my sister got, uh, we all got different fathers, so. Hmm. I was, um, I was raised by my mother uh, and my stepdad, and uh, they've been married for almost 30 years now. I, I never really uh, had a relationship with my, um, my biological father. It's pretty much off and on my whole life until I turned about 26, and then I hadn't heard from him since, and I'm, I'm 38 now. Hmm. I was what raised by... Oh, oh. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, I was raised by my father and stepmom. And, um, yeah, and they've probably been married close to 40 years now. Maybe maybe a little longer. Great, great stuff. So what do y'all think is the definition of a good father? What's the definition of a good father? Good kids. Tough question. question. Good children. Good children. The definition of a good father. Go ahead. 
I mean, kind of, I was just saying the definition of a good father to me is, you know, um, one who's going to be there because I, I gave him a, I gave him a trying time. I gave him a hard time because, you know, I, I guess it was a little bit of neglect and rebellion and, you know, um, didn't want my mom to be with this person, that person, you know, because I was the oldest male. So, you know, just uh, he he ignored all of that and was able to, to see past my ignorance as a as a as a young boy, and uh, and took me under his wing as as his son anyway, even though I kind of rejected him at first. I I think the um <clears throat> I think the definition of a good father for me personally is not only saying it, but actually doing it. You know, being being that person that you, you know, claim that you are, you know, not telling me not to do something and then you do it. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of a lot of fathers live by the thing, do as I say, not as I do, you know, and that, that, that just doesn't work. Is there a difference between being a dad and being a father? I think so. What's the I difference? think so. I, 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 um, you know, any man can be a father. You know, you can father a child. You can't dad a child. Uh, you know, I think I think dad is. I, I think the, the word dad that is giving that is given to a man that's a father by the son. You know, once he said you, you know, you're my dad. I think it's more personal that way. Instead of saying my father, I think of it as being a little different than that. Just on the flip side, I think the father is the one that stays there because you know, don't try, ain't trying to get biblical this early. But when they when they talking about the father in heaven, that's the one who really looks after you. But the dad is the one that that's, that 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 uh, could be a sperm donor, if you will. Um, he could be um, the person that you know makes the the baby inside the the woman and and have sex with the woman and now he's all of a sudden that's the dad but the father is the one that steps in and say you know regardless if your dad is here or not I'm going to be your father until you know or until you're grown. Okay. Mm. And hello, you know, hello. Yeah, earlier you talked about um, rebellion. How you were rebellious, and did you did you hate the way your father disciplined you? I hate the I would hate the fact that he disciplined me because I didn't see him as my my father or my dad. I just saw him as my mom's husband, and I saw him as, you know, you can't tell me what to do because you didn't bring me into this world. So since I've always heard the phrase, I brought you in this world, you can't, I can take you out, well, I looked at him as not being able to do, to do neither of them because he wasn't responsible for, you know, having me to come into this world. So I kind of disrespected him. But I was, I was nine, eight, nine, ten years old. And um, that was my mentality at the time because I was like, you know, 
you live here just like us, you know. Well, did he ever did he ever discipline you? Yeah, he did. He he, he definitely did, you know. Uh, at, but after that first spanking, then I was like, okay, hold on a second. I'm just going to sit here and be quiet and just hate him, you know, hate him quietly and, and, and say it over and over in my mind that he's not my dad. And then when I met my real dad at 10, you know, because my mom started looking for him to get up that child support, um, it was like, dang, you know, this guy at the house is better than this guy I'm looking at. Wow. So I, I seen him. I brought him. He I respected him on a whole different level at that point because I seen my real dad wasn't crap. You know, if I could say that, I just seen my my real dad. He wasn't. Uh, you know, he was beat women and drink and you know, a lot of other stuff that I didn't that I did I never did see from my dad at the house. So how did it make you feel when, you know? your father was physically or verbally abusive towards women? Uh, it, it was it was scary because um, cause I seen my mom go through an abusive relationship by another dude before I met him. And so, you know, when you were, when you were a kid, and it sounds like thunder coming in from another room, and you don't know what that noise is, and all you're hearing is banging and crying and, and, and a fist, connecting to some kind of bone uh, you know you can just imagine what's going on you can't really uh put sight to it but your 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 uh, your hearing brings a brings a visual to your imagination and uh and once you hear that then you know and and that's repeated by somebody that's supposed to be your dad or your father it kind of sours the whole thing about that person, and you don't look at him as you 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 thought about. You always thought that, hey, my dad is this, and my dad is that, and my dad, you know, he buff and he built and he, you know, he a race car driver. You you can just imagine the thing you want to imagine your dad is when when you don't know him, but then when you meet him, and you smell the alcohol on his breath, and you see how cruel he is at at times, you know. That's a whole different ball game. So he was an alcoholic too. Yeah, and then he wanted to borrow one of my kidneys. I'm like, nah, bro, you ain't getting one of these kidneys. You know, what if my <laughs> dad want one? That's my. That was my. That that's what I said to him. You know, my my name. He wanted me to change my last name to his. You know, when I got into the military, he wanted me to change my last name to his because he said that's what it's supposed to be. And I was like, nah, no, that's okay. And he wanted his kidney shut down because he drank so much, and uh, he needed to borrow. He needed to have a kidney, not borrow, but you know, he needed he needed a kidney. And my response to him was, "I can't give you one of mine because if my dad need one, I only have one left." Hmm. So, did you ever, when he was, you know, abusive to women, did you ever step to him or say something to him about it? You know, even though you were a kid. No, I was. Uh, since I only visit him after, you know, since I only visit him every two weeks, after my mom started collecting child support, the court ordered for me to go see him every two weeks. So when I go over there, um, I would talk to my stepmom, and she would tell me, "Yeah, your dad." And I, I would ask her, you know, "Well, what's wrong with your back? Or what happened to your eye?" So 
all these things happened prior to me coming over there for the weekend. Mm. Wow. Does he still scare you? Does your father still scare you? No, he never scared me. I just, uh, he's dead now, but he never scared me. He just, uh, he just disappointed me because he wasn't, he wasn't what I was telling myself he was, he was, you know. When I meet this guy, he's going to be like this because since I'm like this, then he has to be like this and uh, the apple don't fall far, far from the tree. So, um, so he can't help but to be, you know, good looking or he can't help but to be, you know, a ladies' man, or he can't help but to be, you know, so on and so forth. But he was nothing like that, and that's why I never drank because I was, I was like, you know, had all these misconceptions of if your dad do it and you get attached to it, then you will be like him. You know, all these stigmas that people put in your head that you're going to be like somebody if you did what they do. You know, so that's why I never drank, and I never tried to follow any footsteps that he followed, because it's a dangerous path. Hmm. Good words. Anybody else? Does your father? Did your father scare you at any point when you were little? I think yes. I think back in uh, when I was growing up, you know, you 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 feared doing something wrong, and your father finding out. Because back then, there was no 800 number you can call to get your butt whooped. You just had to get your butt whooped. <laughs> you know, right. it's not like it is now where, you know, parents are afraid to whip their kids because they don't want to get locked up. Back then, nobody got locked up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there was a certain amount of fear that you had, you know. Um, and it's good. I'm glad that I had that fear. I'm glad I had that respect, you know, that, that something was going to happen, that there was going to be a repercussion for for my actions if they weren't right. You know what I mean? I think that we don't have enough of that right now. The kids, they, you know, they're reckless and there's no fear. You know, so in that, in that example, I think back then when I was growing up, fear was a good thing, of your, you know, to have of your father. And the, the one thing that he was home, you know what I mean, and, and that, you know, he was going to handle the situation. And at what age did that fear go away? Um, when I became, I don't know, 20, about 20, 18, 19, 20. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. When I thought that I'd give him a run. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, you know, you get, I mean, you get to a certain point where, I mean, it's, res- it, it's respect, but it's no longer fear. Yeah, that you know what I mean? Because there's certain things. Yeah, there's, there's, there's just certain things that he ain't going to get away with when you're 20, 21 years old that he could have got away with when you were 7, 8. You know, so. But, you know, you, when it's your dad, you don't look at it like that. You don't even look at, man, I can I can take him now. It, when it's your dad or your father, the one who raised you and got his hand on you, you look at him as, I would never try to disrespect or hurt that dude. Just like your mom, nah. you look at him just like your like you look at your mother. Nah. If your dad was to knock you out because you was brought bad, I mean, just boom, you just getting up off the floor. You know what I'm saying? You know, mine was quick with it. You know, to a point where you know, I I already knew what was coming. 
you know, and he was a disciplinarian, you know, at a certain time, and he did drink, you know, and and a certain time, I mean, one time, you know, he was, you know, drinking and tried to be a disciplinarian at the same time, and I was of a different age. I was older, and I was like, that's not going to happen today. You know, there's a certain time when you say, nah, dude, you're wrong. That's not going to happen. I'm not going to let you, you know. You can't discipline me that way anymore. I'm not a little boy. You know, mm. I mean, it, that stuff has a time limit. It has an well, expiration date. Yeah. There's no doubt. No, well, my father, he wasn't, he wasn't, like, he wasn't a drinker. The one that's in the house, he wasn't a drinker. He was just a, the cool, calm, and collective dude that's, you know, hey, he in trouble, I'll go get him. You know, uh, I, I didn't never disrespect him. But I've always acted out. So when when he came home, it was like, okay, now it's a uh, especially a different respect level when you know where you actually came from was not a good place, or the person who actually fathered you is not a good place, um, or is not a good person. And then this person, he he's you see a difference. So then my respect for him, it became, uh, man, I would never disrespect this dude because he is trying. You know, he got my mother to deal with. He got a son that's that's not his and a daughter that's not his that he's dealing with. And her family on top of my mother's mouth. So he got a lot to deal with. So mm-hmm. that, that may not be no problem for him. Let me try to just do my part and just be good, you know. And somebody mentioned, um, you know, a time limit or expiration date. And we're we're all adults here. We're all grown men, but does anybody's father still treat you like a little boy despite the fact that you're a grown man? Because he still kind of, you know, treats you like that seven, eight-year-old. Anybody deal with that? Or does anybody feel like they have to walk on eggshells around their father? No matter what you do, you know, he might always consider it the wrong move or he got some advice for you. No, not me. Um, I do know that when I go home, because I just went home, I don't, I don't drink. I don't drink in front of my parents, and they've told me many times and say, you know, you're grown, you're a grown man. Um, if you want to, if you want to drink, you know, you want to go buy some alcohol, feel free, go ahead. And um, I went to the liquor store, bought a bottle of Hennessy. Bought it home, and the whole time I was home, I never opened it. Because it was just like, you know, it was just like, I just can't, you know. It's, I don't know, it was like a mental inhibitor or something. It was like, I just wow. can't drink it. You know what I'm saying? So, it's just, I mean, mm-hmm. it just wasn't happening at all. Mm-hmm. I even had friends like, oh, you home, you back in Mississippi, all right, let's go get a drink. And I'm like, nah, let's not. We stand in the driveway and talk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now that I think about it, like man, I was just like I was in high school or something, you know. Mhm. But it wasn't because of fear or anything like that. I guess it was just because I was around my parents, and you know, I just didn't. I just wasn't gonna do it. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I do it for the vibe. But <laughs> well, uh. That's a good word. Does anybody not hate your father, but y'all just don't get along? You don't really hate him, but y'all just don't vibe. Mm. 
Hmm. Or maybe, you know, we, we're talking about I hate your father. Maybe it's uh, deep down it could be the opposite where your father for some reason hates you for whatever reason. I think you reach it now. <laughs> I think you can add that, that question would be uh, a good one if you're asking how we feel about our own kids or our own sons. You know, mm, yeah. You know, because I can tell you how I feel about my son now as opposed to how I think I would feel about him after he get up, get out, and get grown and out of my house. <laughs> So do you hate him now? I I dislike him. I I, wow. I don't really dislike him, but I I I do dislike him because of you know um, arrogance and attitude and and um, and by him not knowing where his help is at or where his help comes from, he disrespects the help. Uh, and he feels like he has a right to because the help is not his biological mother. Oh, so he giving you what you gave your stepfather? Yes, he did. He he oh. is. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Hmm. Yeah, he giving it right hmm. back to me. And this is what people say, that, you know, whatever you do is going to come right back and haunt you. <laughs> <laughs> This is your biological son. Yeah, this is my biological son, and he he, he and my daughter live with me, and okay. uh, her uh, um, uh, their mother and me. We got a divorce about ten years ago, and they and I got okay. custody of them, and I got remarried, and they giving her the business. Oh wow! So so, this is your son. You got custody of him, right? Right. He's he's living in your house, right? And you don't like him, right? He's in twelfth grade, uh, and he rejects a lot of time. He rejects wisdom, uh, you know, um, because I don't know. I mean, I can I can only you know assume why he rejects wisdom. You maybe know, he doesn't uh, respect the wisdom. Maybe not. Maybe you're right. Maybe maybe he he he, he does. But uh, but he see people coming in in the house, willing to pay for the wisdom, but he you know he doesn't respect the same thing that someone else is willing to pay for. So you think he might just be a product of society right now because that, there's a lot of that going on where the teenagers his age or whatever you want to call them, young people his age, just don't respect the wisdom because they think they know it all. I don't think that it's a disrespect thing. I just think it's the way it is. I mean, I have a daughter that's that's the same way, and she just, you know, she'll do things and make horrible decisions, and then, you know, somebody got cleaned up for her. And I'd be like, all you had to do was ask. And you would have made that decision. You know what I'm saying? Right. But you won't go do it on your own, you know, without taking advantage of the help that you have. You know? But I don't dislike her because she's that way. She's just that way, and she's got to learn. 
I mean, well, at some point you got to learn from the decisions that you make, you know. Yeah, and, and 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 you're totally right. But I believe if it was a girl, like I have a daughter too. I mean, she carries on some of that traits, but it's like she know she know who daddy is. He is 18 and about to graduate this year, and he's still acting as as if he got five years left. And I'm like, I have the power to allow teach you how to drive. I have the power to, you know do certain things. I have the power to, you know, give you this home and release it to you. And his attitude is, well, if you're going to give it to me, give it to me. If you're not, shut up. You know, he didn't say that, but that's the attitude. Mm. It's a nonchalant, oh. it's a nonchalant arrogance. It's like, well, but where it already know that. See, see, I just think that you got to understand where it comes from. You see what I'm saying? It, I mean, it's, it, something happened. That's turned him against you, I believe. That's making him act the way that he is. Especially when you dangle things over his head. You know, 18 years, oh, you can't dangle stuff like, well, you know, you know, do what I say, you're going to get dessert. That don't work with an 18-year-old. Well, you do what I say, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you this house. No, that, it, it, that's not the conversation. It's like, okay, when this happens, okay, okay uh, I'm going to turn over this deed to you at a certain time. And when I do then this is how you can continue to make money off of it or you can continue to run it. And if you do it this way, then you'll continue to receive residual income. And he's like, skip all that. Just give me the deed. If you're going to give it to me, give it to me. If you're not, shut up. That That's in that in that kind of way. It's not, oh, okay. Why, why would you give him the deed? Well, no, I mean, you know, I'm a strong believer in certain things, especially the one that says you should have, you know, you should be able to give your children's children to make them, you know, they shouldn't they should need anything when they're 18. And I was always tailoring my life around the word, that part of Oh, well, all of it, try to. But it, so I started investing in them in a very young age. So um, now they have their houses, and I was just trying to show them how to use stock, uh, show them how to trade money, show them how to, you know, um, use their property and do other things with the money that they, where they receive it. And mm. and I've been trying to teach him on those levels. And now it's to the level where, hey, I'm about to be 18. What you going to do? And I'm yeah, gonna... so, so, so your principle there of what you've been trying to do in, in, in him growing up is what's now inhibiting from inhibiting you from teaching him how to be a man. Because well, all his life he's been told, you know, I'm doing this for you, doing this. And now he's 18. He's like, well, bump that. I ain't got to hear nothing you got to say. Just give it to me. I'm 18. Right. It seems like that. Yeah. yeah it might not that. be like that, but it seems like that. Yeah, it's, 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 it's like that. And, uh, you know, if I was you, I wouldn't give it to him. And that's what I'm not going to do. Yeah, I wouldn't give and it then, to him. And then now when I say I'm not going to do that, then it's like, oh, so now you're a hypocrite. <laughs> and, you know, and you say <laughs> And, and this this is that's a this is a great moment. Yes, I am because you're not doing what I need you to do. And that's exactly what I told. Him. So we and, that, and that's it. So you are dealing with a boy, man. It's not it's not a, it's not your daughter. Dudes are different. You know what I mean, so right. you tell him what you expect. You tell him how he has to relate to you. He has to be he has to be respectful when he talks to you, and he has to be appreciative. And until he can demonstrate that, he don't get nothing. And that's just exactly. it. 
And that's where it came down. Even, you know, but my son can't sleep for the money. I said, you worked. Because, you know, the funny thing is the world is going to do that for him irregardless of you. Right. See, so many times it's so crazy. These these male children, they think, like I thought, like many of us thought until we ran into that situation, hey, you know, I'm a human just like the girl's a human, and, you know, everything's fair. I'm fair to the girls. And then you run into something where it's like, oh, no, we're going to do something totally different with you. And you'll point out, but wait a minute, that's not fair. Oh, it doesn't matter. That's how we do it. Wow, really? <laughs> and you flash back <laughs> to what somebody told you when you was a kid. Right. Can I speculate? I already told my son, it's going to come many times when the only person that can help you is God, and you're going to have to learn how to ask him. Yeah. Can I speculate on to the reasons, you know, and, and back to the brother's son, and, I mean, do you think that he harbors a little bit of hate towards you because you divorced his mom? I mean, did you and him have a good relationship until you and his mother got separated or divorced? I mean, did the, did divorce change your relationship? Well, you know, in, in every relationship, you have a, uh, the, the woman, she's always the nourisher, and uh, the father is always the disciplinary. Well, if you have too much of either one, it's going to be, you know, have a potential to be disastrous, And uh, in my opinion. And so when his mom left or when her and, her and I parted ways, it was just all discipline because I, I wasn't doing a lot of nourishing because he didn't automatically come to me for that portion. My daughter, however, she would. And, you know, and I think that maybe that created a wedge. And then when the, the new woman came into my life, then it, it, it built up as, well, I'm not going to get myself attached to this woman because she's not my mom in the same way I felt earlier like we were talking about. But um, but it may be some resist, resentment, you know. Um, but, you know, because well, it is some resentment. And I have told him, you know, you just have to build up some callous because I'm not leaving this woman because you're not satisfied with my choice. I'm not leaving this woman because you don't approve of me getting married yet. I'm not going to live my life, you know, around children. You know, I'm not going to, that's not, that's not what I'm going to do, and that's not the right thing to do. I should not go without a person in my life because just to satisfy you guys' happiness. You know, I love you. But you know, you know, this is a woman I also love. You know, some uh, I, I uh, did another show uh, that came along that same regard, where the uh, husband and wife broke up, and the husband went and remarried a girl, and it was okay with the kids. And mom went and brought another woman into her life, and the kids like really rebelled. And her argument was, you know, this is somebody I love and so on and so forth, so forth and so on. And my thing was, yeah, that's probably true, but at the same time, these kids don't see it like that. And these kids say, okay, well, if y'all can't stick it out, at least, at least give us X, Y, Z. And it might be that, like I told her, that you grow to stay with this person forever, but 
here's the delicate thing. I wouldn't have shown them my relationship with that person until it was super solidified. So let me ask you a question. You just, let me, I just trying to clear something up. The mother went and got another woman? Right. Oh, well, see, that's that's on another different page right there, bro. Well, well, well no, no, no. It's, it's another different page to how you see it, but actually it's the same page. Because at the end of the day, how I always say on this show, the kids, the stability of the kids and their mental state to succeed after they, after they leave the nest is the only thing that's important. All that other stuff, who you like, who you'd rather be with, is really irrelevant, male, female, straight, or gay. If you you had the children, she had the children, it's disingenuous for her to show the children something so imbalanced where it may possibly affect them for the rest of their life. 50 Cent said this about his mom when, when, when she was dealing with chicks. It, it, it's like it can, mess, it, it can mess a kid up, and a kid has to unravel that, that vision. So if you're going to do it, unless it's super solidified is what I said to her, make sure you don't even show it at all. Hmm, good words. Was anybody's father a workaholic? Um, my father worked a lot, you know, but he also coached my sports teams. And, you know, to this day, fellas, I don't know how he did it because I'd be struggling with my three kids and, and their activities all week on the weekends and, you know, honestly, my dad would sometimes work 12-hour days in the summertime and then come home and still play around the basketball with me. I'd be, I'd be bouncing the ball waiting for him to, to, to come home, you know, at 7 o'clock, you know, on the edge of dark. And he would play with me. You know, so he worked hard, but at the same token, you know, he never was like, Rod, you know, um, I'm tired. Uh, I've been working outside 12 hours. You know, let's wait till the weekend. He would always play. I mean, I, I literally don't know how he did it. Um, but was was anybody's father a workaholic in any regard? Mm-mm. No, I, I I say my father hid behind work, but he wasn't a workaholic. Um. You know, something uh, somebody was saying earlier before I called in uh, made me think about the conversation I had with my dad. I did not really understand this dude until I confronted him about his uh, negative uh, actions. And when I confronted him about his negative actions, we had a very different relationship for a while. But I think because he realized he was talking to a fellow man, his openness, he started opening up about his mom and his childhood, stuff I never knew. And uh, borderline crying. And uh, crying and laughing, actually, was so funny. So I think he hid behind that because the work was so stable for him. Uh, so that's, that's, that's the experience I had. But actually, we have a way better relationship now because he revealed all those little secrets, which made me understand why he did and said some of the stuff he did. Mm-hmm. 
And was one of those secrets uh, infidelity or no? Oh, yeah, no doubt. So when you found out your father cheated on your mother, how did that make you feel? Took me with him. (laughs) (laughs) What? What? Took me with him when I was, what, eight? eight, Yeah, about somewhere between eight eight and ten. Took Took me with him. And I would play with her daughter while dad was in there tagging it up. And, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. But, but, but you know what? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this is what I got to learn later that I wish I had known early. Dad is an old country boy from Mississippi. And he grew up with his mom. Per his words, his mom did not live in the classiest way possible because, you know, that's coming right out of that slavery period of time. And mom was like the little neighborhood hoe. And he loved his mom, but he didn't like who his mom was. So it made him devalue women. Like, if anybody ever seen the show Mad Men and you see how Draper likes to save chicks, but at the same time, it's never loyal to chicks. Same thing. Because mm. Draper, Draper grew up in a brothel. Mm-hmm. So he knows how to cater to chicks, but he doesn't value them. It's kind of like Iceberg Slim, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And that's and that's why I was making this, that's why I was making the suggestion that sometimes dudes get subliminally trained into thinking a certain way through their experiences or what they've been been drilled with. Because you know, one thing I like about the show, we all have our different experiences. It helps me learn. But um, you know, everybody didn't grow up like me, and I didn't grow up like everybody. But it, it's like uh, some dudes didn't have half of the security of self that we talk about on this show. Yeah, and that's a good point because I I read a story recently about how a child found out that their father wished they were aborted. You know, you talk about cheating. You know, the, the father was married, but he was also a player, and you know what happened. He got his mistress pregnant. So, yeah. you know, this is the child, you know, of the mistress. And he, he never wanted this child. He never wanted it. He was just having a little fun on the side. So how do you think that affects, you know, this child as they mature and, and as they go into adulthood? How do you think that the fact that the father wished that the mistress had, had aborted them? I mean, look at T.O. T.O. grew up right across the street from his dad. His dad never was even seen. So then when we wonder why T.O. has done some of the stuff he's done in his manhood career, in addition to not have no male friends, his two best friends are females, I mean, why would we not think this grown man would do stuff like that? Why would we not think he'd be T.O.? Mm-hmm. Did anybody's father leave you and... and to go start another family with some other woman, mistress or not, would he kind of 
walked out on you and your brothers and sisters if you had an end. Just started a new family with another chick. Anybody experienced that? Mm-mm. I guess that proves the fact that a lot of dudes do not walk out. <laughs> I'm always laughing when I hear these ladies talk about men just leave. Who? Where, where are these dudes? It might be a, it might be a few hundred thousand of these dudes, but not millions. Where are they? I've never seen. I've seen cats suffer through it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and if they're not suffering through it, they paycheck reflects that they're getting garnished in some type of way. So there's some support going on. I don't know who these people are. Y'all talking about just upping and disappearing and ain't paying nothing, and I don't know where they live. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I want to drop a monkey wrench. Um, and a lot of you can probably relate to this, either on one side or the other. Do some fathers have a favorite child? Um, Anybody? Mm-mm. No, I, I, I'll be honest, and I just, I honestly think that I was my my stepdad's favorite, you know, child out of my mother's children. But I think that's mm-hmm. because I I consistently, I was always at the house because my other brothers and sisters, you know, they would go live with you know with my grandmother for a few years, but I was always there. So, I mean, like, to this day, I'm the only one out of my mother's kid that actually calls my stepdad Pop. All Everybody else calls him by his first name. So, mm-hmm. you know, me personally, I, I you know, but I think it's because I was, you know, I, I was always there. Uh, and do you, do you think any of your siblings harbor any hate or animosity towards you for being the favorite? Mm-mm. No, I mean I think they all kind of know that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm closer to him than they are. But I, but you know, that was by choice for me to take the initiative to, to be to be close to him. You know, to be able to, like, honestly, I still feel funny calling him Pop around them because I know they're probably like, why is he calling him that? We grew up calling him by his first name because I didn't start calling him Pop till like two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I just woke up one day and said, I'm going to start calling him, you know, Pop because he's really the only father, you know, that was consistent. But I think mm-hmm. they kind of know that I'm closer to him, but I, I don't think it bothers him though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my wife and I have three children, two daughters and one son, and I, I try to treat them as close to the same as feasibly possible. But if you were to be honest, do you have a favorite child? You know, those of you with multiple children, I know most of y'all got multiple children. Do you have a favorite child, that one that always does what they're supposed to do, They really don't get into trouble, they make good grades, they're just easy? Nope. 
Okay. And I think if someone did, keep it to yourself. Because that could mm. be damaging to the one that's not. I mean, you really shouldn't. It's just my opinion. But if you do, keep it to yourself. So do you think that one one child could love their dad and another child could hate the same man? I if think hate fate, is a very harsh word. I think hate is a harsh word. I think it would be confused about something. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times it's confusion. You know what I mean? Like you may feel as though you hate your father because of the way he acts towards your other sibling. And that same sibling you're talking about, the one that does everything he says and does good grades, gets good grades and whatever, cleans the house, versus the one that does nothing. So one is getting mm-hmm. kudos and the other one is not. So they're a little conf- a little bit confused and thinking, well, you love this one more than me. But what actuality is, you're the one that's not doing nothing. I don't love you any less, but I got nothing to give you kudos about. I'm always, you know, I'm up. Sorry about that, fellas. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, they just get a little confused about um, things and and mistake it for hate. Mm-hmm. Well, what about stepchildren? Does anybody have stepchildren? I think we we talked about that. Um, but how how difficult is it dealing with a child that uh, harbors some animosity towards their biological father? They love you. But, you know, in in some cases, children can actually love their stepdad more than their biological father. But how how difficult is that when you're dealing with a child like that? It can be delicate. I don't want to answer all the questions, but that's a very delicate situation, and I believe that you should never put yourself in a situation. You should never put yourself in a position that you are the better parent. You should always try to encourage them to continue a relationship with their biological, you know, um, and just be there for them. You know, mm-hmm. some people say, well, you know, your biological ain't nothing. I think that's the wrong thing to say. I think, you know, you should just try to be supportive of whatever they're going through because, believe me, they don't want to deadbeat father any more than you do, you know, but you got to be supportive, I think, in that respect, just so you won't turn out to be looking like a bad guy when it's all over with. Good words. Anybody else on that? Is it even possible for a child to love their stepdad more than their biological? Absolutely. Speak on it, bro. Yeah, I mean, I, I do. I mean, I only, I only love my bio, my biological father uh, because you know I'm supposed to. But you know, 
other than that, he hasn't proven, um, you know, he hasn't proven anything to me in order for him to merit uh, my respect, you know. So, I mean, it was my stepdad that was at my graduation and at the birth of my son and at my marriage. You know, it, my, my biological father wasn't at none of that. So, yeah, I can definitely say that I, I you know, I genuinely love my stepdad, but my, you know, you, you can't love somebody that you don't know. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And how much, how, how much pain and heartache has that caused you, you know, the fact that, you know, your biological father, you know, really wasn't there, but your stepdad was? I mean, is that, how, how have you dealt with it? It, 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 it bothers me every day. It bothers me uh, every day, you know, some days worse than others. Um, and I think the thing that really bothers me is because I don't understand why. You know, he has, I have a younger brother and a sister. I, I maybe met like once or twice, you know. Um, he has, you know, he has a, a family, you know, and, you know, he's a successful dude. I mean, he's not, you know, a drunk. You know, he's a, you know, well-respected man in the community. Um, you know, but like I said, last time I talked to him was 26. When I was 26, and he had asked me for a blood test when I was 26. Wow. <laughs> so, I was, so I was like, you know what, you know, nah, we, you know, come on, man, really? And yeah. I hadn't thought this <laughs> He's respected in the community by people who don't really know him. Exactly. You know, I will call that perpetrating a fraud. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and again, you, you know, you said that you love him because you have to. I don't see, you know, where you have to. You know, maybe it's written somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, the word obey may be, but you can obey him without loving him. You know what I mean? No, I mean I, I, you know, I just I just think it takes some effort to do that. And if the feelings aren't genuinely there, then they're just not there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I guess <clears throat> maybe I should say I don't hate him. Yeah. Gotcha. Which I don't because, you know, he's a good dude. The, the few times that we did spend together, you know, he would come in my life for a couple of months. I wouldn't hear from him for three years. Then I hear from him again, you know. And the time we spent together was cool. He's a cool dude. But, you know, the consistency just wasn't there. And then finally, I just was like, I, you know, I, after that last episode, I was just like, you know what, I don't need this, man. You know, but it, it it still bothers me that he would that he would ask me for that. Yeah, that's got nothing to do with you, though. Yeah, that's all on him. Yeah, that's something he going through. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not like, you know, this it's a child support issue or it's an alimony issue. It's none of that. I mean, palimony or whatever it is. It's, it's none of that. Twenty five, twenty six years old. Yeah, and I didn't get yeah, it because I'm like. Don't you all have the same kind of characteristics, music and all that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm named after him. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> mm. 
Well, if the, I, I would say, brother, and thank you for sharing that, you're not the only one that it affects every day. There's a group called the Experience Project, and one of their online support groups is called I Hate My Dad. It's basically an Internet wall where people can go on and share personal stories, advice, and get support. The posters have a handle that give their age and their gender only. So it's kind of anonymous, and the group has almost 7,000 members strong. One child wrote, and I quote, Dear Dad, I hate you. Let me count the ways, end quote. So what do y'all think about this website, fellas? Uh, good thing or bad thing? I hate my dad website. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think. Go ahead, go ahead. You go ahead. I, I mean, I don't, I don't see. I don't, I don't see what they get out of it besides venting. Uh, you can, you know, you can vet anywhere, and I, I, I just don't see a website like that, unless that's just a certain segment of it that you know it's not iron sharpening iron. It's just you know, a, for lack of a better term, one big, you know, pity party. To me, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's what it sounds like to me. Some, some some spoiled kids, man, that just couldn't have their way. And now it's time for them to get with some more squirrel kids and, you know, and have fun on this website. And it's, it's interesting, y'all, you say spoiled kids, because the age range of the, the posters uh, range from age 13 to 25. <laughs> <laughs> Point made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Point and, and, again, and, again, the anonymous posters do give out their gender. So the question is, do y'all think that most of the posters are male or female? That's probably male. Male? Yeah, Anybody want to agree or disagree with that? Male? Yeah, I'm thinking because male. Because I got daughters, I'm going to say female. That brother's That's right. Not- female is right. Overwhelmingly female. Overwhelmingly female. Why do y'all think that is? I mean, I, I think it can go either way because, you know, um, well, I mean, it is what it is, but I would have said male because men end up, a lot of men end up someplace where they don't want to be, and they, you know, arbitrarily they bring blame their fathers. and the, But the female on the other end, you know, that can lead her into another life which she didn't even have to have, a life, a life of prostitution, a life of drugs, a life of... Uh, even uh, homosexuality or whatever, you know, it could lead her in a life that was uncomfortable, that that doesn't, that's not considered normal, or she wouldn't want to be a certain way, and she think that probably she would have been a, a different way if her father was there to teach her different, to teach her how to get a guy, to teach her, you know, to how to gain respect from anybody or whatever the case is. So are you saying you that know, daughters need? need their fathers more than their sons, more than sons? Do daughters need their fathers more than sons? I'm not saying that. I I believe that children need both parents, but when you're a female, it seems like you go through a whole lot much more or you carry a burden 
uh, a whole lot heavier than if, if it was a dude. I mean, a dude can, you know, just mistreat, mistreat women and go to jail. A woman, though, she has to be deceived by her body and not having a direction of, you know, what kind of uh, example to follow for a man. And then when you end up, when she ends up following the wrong man, he ends, he could manipulate her into doing anything. And she thinks that she's doing the right thing by just, you know, doing what he asks her to do, even though it's hurting her or hurting her friends or hurting her family. And then when he rolls out, it, it just leaves a trail of bad mist over her life, which leads her into other things. So then when she looks back in the in the scrapbook and see that man is not there, that's who she ends up blaming. I wasn't going to go that route. I was just going to say that, you know, a lot of times the girls have it harder than the boys. You know, like, a, you know, you have a son. He may be able to go out and stay out to 12, but the daughter got to come back in at 9. You know what I'm saying? So it's a lot of things that she may have resentment um, of, of the way she was treated more so than the son. So I think the daughters would probably be complaining more about it. Yeah. Just like they say, most most parents love their son and raise their daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. One one daughter wrote that they felt that their father never loved them. She asked, "Is it normal to cry every day?" But why can't these children gain their father's affection? Why is that? I mean, that could be a number of reasons. You know, um, I know when I first got my daughter, I didn't even want to change her in fear, not in fear of myself, but in fear of the theory of men touching their daughters inappropriately. I mean, and my wife at the time, she was like, look, this is your daughter. You're not going to do nothing to hurt her. Why you got this phobia of changing your daughter? And I was like, you know what? That is stupid. Let me let me try this changing my daughter thing. And and I found out that I wasn't looking at my daughter like, you know, these people I'ma tell you, people in the military got problems. And you got it's they got more problems than, than normal. And it was a lot of things that were going on with military men and their little girls. And I didn't want that phobia over me and it automatically when you hear that you automatically think that and I don't want nobody to look at me like that, so let me just let you change her into a certain time and then let me do these. Let me do my part as being a disciplinarian and just daddy, and you do the part of just changing her, and when it comes down to everything down below, then you you, you take care of that, you know. But, you know, I grew out of that, but um, but you just don't want that uh, that stigma over you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One person posted how their dad is a junkie drug addict. But other than being a drug addict, what are some other addictions that your father can have that can be detrimental to the family? What are some other addictions other than drugs, which is and alcohol, which we talked about earlier? What are some other addictions that, that your father can have that can be detrimental to the family? Addicted to being disengaged. Mm. That's heavy. Believe it or not, <clears throat> addicted to church. 
Because some men yeah. spend all of their time in church. Oh, that's a good one. And neglect their family. Oh, that's because a good one. Because they feel like they're doing the work, you know, they feel like they're doing the work of the Lord. And then, you know, a lot of pastors promote that. You know, you need to be in church and, you know, doing this and doing that. And, you know, they're building, they building God's house and their house is in shambles. Mm. So a lot of people won't admit that or say that, but it's the truth. Mm-hmm. But how does how does one's relationship with their father affect other relationships? And that, that's that's whether the the child is male or female. How does that relationship with the father affect other relationships? I could really go in on this one. <laughs> you have the floor, sir. Go ahead with it. <clears throat> I'll be honest. Me, my wife and I separated right now. I have a, I, I got my own apartment. She's still at the house. And I think one of the biggest reasons that has happened is because she was so fearful of me turning into her dad. And I would have to tell her that all the time. I am not your father. And everything I did, little or small, reminded her of her dad, and it was the biggest issue. And I honestly think that that's one of the main reasons why we're not together right now, because her relationship with her dad was not good at all. So it plays a big part in it. Do you think she hates her father? Hate is a strong word, I know, but, I mean, is there possibly strong dislike? I think she, um, I think she silently, I think she hates a lot of things that he did. Sure, sure. I I don't think she necessarily hated him, but I think that she hated a lot of things that he did. And whenever I do anything that remotely reminds her of that, you know, it's all the first thing that comes out of her mouth is, my daddy used to do that. Mm. And and that's that's your father in law. And on the flip side of that, um does anybody hate their father in law? Or you have a good relationship with your father if you have one. Anybody hate their father-in-law? I'm on somebody's street. I don't know who it is. But um, another poster referred to their father as, quote, paternal gene donor, end quote. Some Some posters hate their father so much that they wish death on him on the Internet. Blog. What do y'all think about this? They hate their father so much that they wish death upon him. I think you got. I think you have to consider the age range of the posters. I mean, you know, some kids say they hate their dad because you know they wouldn't let him use the car. 
You know, they just don't, you know, you know what I'm saying? They don't understand. You know, they don't really get it because they're not mentally mature enough to understand how strong that word is. So, I mean, I think it could go a lot of ways. But, if you, you know, if your dad raped you, then, yeah, you probably would hate him. Yeah, and actually, uh, brother was mentioning that uh, last week. Um, you know the fact that his father molested him. Now, some of y'all were here for that last week, um, but. Is it, you know, in, in in that case or in any case, is it wrong to hate your father? You know, even if there are valid reasons to do so, is there a a rule out there where you really shouldn't hate your father, even in a case where your father molests you? Well, when you're in a, a place of not understanding what how powerful the word hate is. And and I mean I like the brother said a few minutes ago I used to hate you know not being able to go outside you know or I, oh I hate you you know we just and we just toss it around like it's uh, something small but that's actually big and and uh, you shouldn't hate anything but I think when a when a, when an absentee father try to come home or and try to scold you or mold you into something that he's not um, that can create something you know. Uh, I got family members that my uncle, his children, actually claimed to hate him because he would beat them for certain things like, you know, uh, cleaning up and doing everything the right way and then come to find out he was he was cheating on their mother. And it, it took some of them. One of them went, you know, he's gay. The other, the other one is just like she just don't believe in, being with men but don't want to be with a woman but just really in a state of confusion and actually went into a uh, psych, uh, psych ward because it's, it just spent her out of control and just because of what their father did and I and I just stood by and just watched uh, this one act turn their whole family upside down and did not know how much power of an action of one man or one father had over that whole household I mean, everybody went in their different directions after they, their parents got divorced because that was not supposed to be the family for that to happen to. Hmm. So do do I think that she she has a right to hate her father for how he treated them and how he raised them to be and how he turned out to be behind the closet the whole time he was trying to tell them how to how to be I don't know if um I asked her would it was it any time would she would not feel the same way about her dad and it doesn't have anything to do with him helping her out and she said no it, she could never come to a point to now that her mom live on the street and you know or struggling with you know staying in an apartment when they had it so well you know they had it so well. They were. She felt like they was abused because he was so much of a of a disciplinary. But you know, 
still they had a roof over their head and they had everything that they needed and they prayed together and they stayed together and they, you know, they did everything together. You know, and all of a sudden this one act destroyed the whole tree. It destroyed everything from the root and everything was built up on a lie. And when you've been brought up, you know, like that, you believe now that you was a lie or, you know, everything about you is a lie. So she says she can never turn that hate off. Or she, I said, well, you just choose to turn it, not turn it off. I want to challenge that. Um, and I'll drop a monkey wrench here. And do you think it's, it's, it's actually impossible to hate your father no matter what he did or didn't do? Is it impossible to hate your father? No, I don't think so. Okay. Anybody else agree or disagree? Is it actually impossible to hate your father, no matter what he did or didn't do? I'd say it's closer to impossible. Yeah, I mean, I still think hate is a very, very strong word when you're talking about your father. I'm just going to stick to that. Yeah, and you can hate your father emotionally, but not be aware that you're emotionally trying to get approval of your father. And I read that many fatherless men are psychologically living their lives to prove themselves to their fathers, whether their fathers are living or dead, that they're valuable, that they're worthy of their father's love. You know, so to the question, indirectly, uh, subtly, fatherless men and women, they're trying to prove themselves to their father. Um, So, I mean, it's it's difficult. Like you said, I mean, hate is a strong word. Strong dislike, I think, is the the definition. But you cannot be aware that you're actually, from an emotional standpoint, trying to get the approval of your absentee or deadbeat father or whatever you want to call him in a weird kind of way. And another poster, you know, on this I Hate My Dad blog wrote that they'll be so relieved when their dad finally dies. They wrote, Dear Dad, please kill yourself. Do y'all think these children could say these things to their father's face if they had the opportunity? Do y'all think they could do that? No, that's why they're putting it on the wall. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I mean, they? You know, if, if 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 they had the uh, you know bravery to say something like that, they would say it. They would put it on the wall. Should they tell their fathers to their face versus putting it on uh, on an internet site? Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, this this whole thing is crazy to me. I, I I have a hard time relating to this subject. I really do. Um, if they hate their dad, then you know, tell him, and maybe he'll change. Maybe they can reconcile or something. Um, 
I, I don't I don't know. Hate is such a strong word, but I'm sure they have their reasons um, for harboring such hate toward their father. You know, it's, it's such a it's such a it's a catch twenty two because it, it depends on the case. I mean, some fathers were never there. Some fathers were there, but then the mama drove them away. Uh, some fathers were there, and then things just fell apart. I mean, so it's it's kind of it's it's kind of hard to say if you if a child should that hates their father should tell them that they hate them. I mean, a lot of times the kid is just misguided. Uh, I I got a um, when when my son uh, he. I would give him an an iPod one day because I wanted to. Every Friday they got this thing where I give him the iPod and all their things because uh, they, you know, it's it's not school and, and you know they're not allowed to have these things during school. But um, one day I said, well, I just want to take you guys out to eat and um, and just come outside and I'm on my way home and just come outside and um, and we can go out to eat. Well, he um, he. He asked me for his iPod at the time that I was on my way and I was blowing outside. He's like, "Can I get my iPod?" I said, "Well, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you when we get back. Let's just go eat." And and he got in the car with an attitude. And I was like, "What's wrong?" And he said, and "With an attitude, you know, nothing. You know, don't worry about it. You know, stuff like that." I said, "You know what? Just get out the car and go on back in the house and tell you know my grandson and my daughter to come out." And he says, uh, he, "So he goes in there." Later on, I found out that he wrote to his girlfriend that he was trying to get to. That's why he wanted to get to that iPod. He wrote her. He said, uh, my effing dad is, he called me a loser or he called me, he called me a name. Uh, uh, he called me a, a, a prick. And I said, and, and he didn't know that I read that. So and he didn't know I had access to his email because you gotta really watch your children because you know uh, it's a lot of stuff going on out here. But I used to watch, you know, I monitor whatever they're doing. So not to be nosy, but just to be a parent. And I've seen all these emails that he had towards his girlfriend, expressing her, um, expressing to her how he felt about me because I wouldn't give him an iPod because I wanted to take them out to to dinner. And and when I read it back to him, he was shocked that he wrote that. Now I don't know if he was shocked because he was caught, but um, but he was shocked that he would write that about me. He was shocked hearing them words again coming from your mouth that he know he wrote. Probably. Yeah. That that that's what that was. Because at the moment when he wrote them, he was in such a fit of rage. I mean, come on, he's a boy and this a girl, so you know we've all been there. So. Emotions was high, and he wrote something stupid. And uh, now he's hearing it, and he's like, well, oh, snap. You know, I know what I would do if I was you, but, you know. Well, you know, that, that's just, I mean, and, and like what you all said earlier, like, that could just be, you know, a, a, an emotional thing at the time or just the way they're being raised because a lot of their friends, they don't have their fathers. A lot of their friends are gay. A lot of their friends are gay. A lot of their friends uh, can do whatever they want to in their home. Uh, And they come to our home and think that, you know, well, you guys are too strict because we can't do what our friends are doing. 
Let me ask you a question, and because um, I don't have sons, I have daughters, and um, I'm cool with that. But I always wanted to have a son, right? And um, you have a son. And I know that y'all have differences, but is there ever a time when you just want to have a solid father-son relationship from from now to eternity? I always do, but I, I know that that's going to come after he learns that it's not as easy to be a man, or especially a black male, you know, not trying to be, you know, one way or another, but... Um, he has to understand that it is very difficult uh, to be in my shoes, to be in a in a in a, in a position to that we you have to deal with and pick up many of pieces, uh, regardless if it's your fault or not, and then come home to disobedience and still do the right thing. Um, Regardless of disobedience or not, you still have to do the right thing as a father. You can't react or respond off from your emotion. You can't do that. So once he learned that, then he's going to come back and say, Dad, I'm sorry I put you through this. And that because I had to do the same thing because I thought that I knew it all. And, I, and, and, and that's why, you know, I came to where I came into, you know, I thought I knew everything I, and I had to call him and apologize because I didn't know everything and everything my father said, it happened, you know, and, and I just didn't know it was still like that. So so you're banking on what happened and you're hoping that that's what's going to happen with your son? That he may just no, I one know day wake up? And... No, I just know that's going to happen because he feels, when I try to tell him certain things, he feels like, look, you don't know Nowadays, you know, you, you're stuck in church. You're thinking that everything is biblical. You're thinking that this, and, and people are not like that anymore. And, you know, this won't happen to me, and that won't happen to me. You're just saying that. And I'm like, okay. And once he finds out for sure, then I know that he's going to be like, wow, I did not know it was this bad. But it's only a matter of time because he has to learn, you know. He's growing up. Hey, hey, Darren, can you yeah. hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, yeah, uh, Darren, have have you taken him to work? Well, well, I don't think you can. You can't take your son to work with you, can you? No, I can't take him. Here. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I took took my son to work with, me and uh, it, it opened his eyes to a lot because he was like, "So you got to drive, and you got to work, and you got to drive home." Then you got to deal with the house. I said, yep. In a nutshell, mm-hmm. man. Every day. Yeah. And I wish I could. Yeah, I know. That would, that would really help him kind of understand because right now uh, with, 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 with his mother, you know, egging him on or whatever, having a negative impact on him and kind of making anything that you do as far as discipline-wise kind of fraudulent, you know, it would be good if he could just identify with you and really see, you know, what 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 all you go through. Right, right. Well, just just for him to just see the struggle, you know, he can think you're a prick or whatever. It don't, hell, it don't really damn matter. But if he could just see what you go through, 
just, you know, and, and your goal as far as trying to take care of him, you know, and the sister and everybody else, you know, and, and the struggle that that takes, you know, for him to see that. You know, it would be nice if he could see that. But, you know, either way, the way the system is set up, his day of reckoning is coming. So right, right. She either going to be standing there telling you, give, just give me the deed, and you're not giving it to him, and he get out there on his own to see what, see what life is like, or, you know, either way, he, he's got to take that L. Right. Oh, yeah. Because it's an easy way and a, a hard way to learn something. And, uh, and some children or people, just they have to learn it the hard way. And he's one of those, one of those cats. Yeah, especially boys. Yeah, it's definitely boys. So why can't all fathers be like you and be normal and loving dads? Who are you talking why about? Why can't all fathers? Yeah, either you or the other brother that was speaking oh. that talked about it, took his son to work and, you know. Why can't all fathers be like y'all? Well, I think a lot of fathers are like us. I, no, think a, I don't think so. I think so. I think it, just, it, it, with, with anything, negativity gets a lot of publicity. Uh, you know, but I think there are a lot of fathers that are like us. Yeah, go ahead, brother. I don't know, man. I, I, I think a lot of fathers... They they really don't know. I mean, you can you can only teach what you know. Prime prime example. My uh, my stepdad. He. It, this is on. It's probably about ten years ago that he actually told me for the first time that he loved me, like to my face, which I knew he did, but he had never said it. You know, I love you. Uh. And it was funny because we were talking on the phone the other day, and he was telling me, you know, because he had did some time in prison or whatever. And he said his his father had never told him that he loved him. He had never. So, and then it made sense to me. Okay, this is why he never said that. Because, his, you know, his father never told him that, ever. So I, I think a lot of times... They don't. They don't do because they don't know. Mm, good words. Peace, brothers. My name is Brill. Welcome, sir. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just listening to y'all tonight, and I heard a lot of things y'all was uh, talking about, about fathers and about the posting. You know about the I hate my father blogs and. Yeah, I see a lot of those things too. Where they be, um, cause we at we at this uh, college here. I'm actually from uh, Trent, Trent, New Jersey, and uh, they have some little shops where they have that uh, college where they doing things like that and women like making plays and this sort of like this thing with the male bash. Now, I hear a lot of the talk going around, but a lot of brothers y'all don't think that it can be the way that. Society has put things out here and the pressure that's on black men while fathers aren't in the homes. Because I was one of them that also came up, you know, with a stepfather in the house. And, and I'm not going to say I had resentment towards my father. At a young age, I did because it was implanted into me by my mother that my father wasn't nothing. So after the course of hearing that for a while, you know, you start to believe that as a child. 
So, but you, y'all, y'all wouldn't think that the way that society has put things out here has made certain things, you know, put them pressures on where brothers just aren't in the home, sometimes not voluntarily. Yeah, I, I believe that. <clears throat> I definitely believe that. I think um, that society does, and, and not to throw race in it, but I think society, you know, just has it out. Black fathers um, pretty much be distant, just not in business, or, or we don't know how to be fathers. So I definitely agree with the society has a lot to do with that. Yeah, and the brother made an interesting point. Yeah, the brother made an interesting point also that did you say that your mother hates your father? Well, right, yeah, because that was the first thing instilled in me. And I know that goes throughout a lot of us as young black kids that we hear that our fathers are nothing and that's the reason why he's not here. A woman always seems that when they have the control they do and plant that in the child. Now, I think that's more of more of less like, well, I know that was in my situation, and then I'm still going in a situation like as I get older, as I'm a man now, and I have relationships, I see how females act. So now I start to look at, well, these may be the shoes that, and just that my father may have walked in. So I just can't take it all what my mother's saying about he's not good, he's not this and that, because I myself was fighting over this here with a woman who I want to see my child, and I know she is bashing me out to him saying I'm not there because I hear it through his, through his, through his little cousin. So, so a lot of that, I know it gets betrayed to a lot of black men when we're young. Psychologically, we sometimes don't realize it or won't admit it. But yeah, sometimes the black woman, they got to own up to that responsibility of that's where it really first starts at. Because there's nothing wrong with a woman nervous to nurturing the child and teaching them, okay, well, your dad and I have our, have our differences. Yeah, we have our differences, but it's a time that you bring that out and when you explain that to them. But as they're young, their main focus should be just to raise that child. And y'all brought a very interesting point up about bringing another into the home of that child. That's also important. Absolutely. Good point. Yeah, all that throwing back to how we should say how society has created things, and especially in our culture, you know, how things are just purposely and directly aimed at separation. Yep. Yeah, let the truth be told. I'm Brother Jabril. I'll speak my mind. I'll say what a lot of things with people be like, oh, you can't say that. Because what I do, I try and walk, and what I, what I do, I, I, I like, uh, I study law. And I've gotten pretty good at it, where I run around teach people about, I know y'all probably heard about the, uh, you can travel without license and things of that nature. So pretty much, uh, that, that's, 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 that's what I, what I do, and I'm pretty much outspoken on just about any subject. But a lot of things, and I always come across a lot of shows where it's putting us brothers down, and we got to stop that. Can I, um, can I, um, and let me actually take my headset off. Um, yeah, I just got put on the line. Um, my name is, uh, Peter. I'm from Philly. I'm originally from Jersey, so I, I hear the brother talking about he's from, uh, Trenton. Um, 
but I, I don't I don't look at it as so much uh, the system, you know, as this vague, ambiguous entity that uh, does these vague and ambiguous things to black men that nobody can really specify. I think that um, a lot of the issue is uh, the fact that there's no structure for these young men. I'm saying even to, to be a man, um, you know, you have to be in a certain position. You need to be making money to be able to take care of your family, you know, things like that. And the black community doesn't have um, any economic foundations that were established by the previous generation of men. Now, that can go back as far back as, you know, with some of you guys who, you know, you're older than me. I'm 31. Um, but I could say even for me, you know, I mean, there's no there's no uh, black networks going on. There's right. no yeah. – uh, you don't see, uh, uh, you know, black men going to and from, you know, trying to establish something so that they can actually go out there and compete with other races right. of men. You don't see black men passing on the torch to their sons. You know, a lot of guys, you know, they'll talk about being fathers and, oh, I had a son. But real talk, a lot of the sons that were born are nothing but a byproduct of fornication with the mother. That's all it is. It's not like they had any plans like, oh, I got to pass right. on my legacy because I have a company that I'm trying to pass on to my son so that he can build and maintain the infrastructure of a black community and marry a black woman and have kids to, you know, basically to, pre to preserve, you know, um, you know our ge genetic lineage. I'm saying that's what other groups do, and that's not what black right. men do. So in terms, of, in terms of why, you know, sons will hate their fathers or there's no respect, I think that, I think that a lot of the hate, I, I I don't know. I, I think that a lot of the hate gets directed as the women going back to what, you know, the brother said because the women don't know what they're doing, okay? Black men have not been in the position of leadership and handling business and responsibilities in the community where black women have been collectively dependent on black men for such a long time that they have no respect for black men. So these boys end up getting left in a situation where they're raised by women who have no respect for men, they don't have, a, there's no positive male identity that they're going to get from women. Women basically say, be a good black man. Doesn't, does it, 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 they don't specify anything. It's just be a good black man, which means to operate to matriarchal specifications because a matriarchy is pretty much what the black community is right now because there is no, there's no black male leadership. And, and, and right. with that, um, the sons, I mean, I mean go, let's go with the stepfather. What's the problem with the stepfather? Okay, typically, a lot of the boys are taught all this fluffy Care Bear stuff about feelings and if you have a personal relationship with Jesus and all that other stuff, everything's going to be all right. And it's all about, you know, you know, this, you know buckets of positivity because that's how women operate. But women aren't the mm -hmm. ones who maintain the physical infrastructure of a community. So them operating on that magical, intrinsic, spiritual stuff, that's not a problem. But boys who are going to become men cannot operate like that. And what ends up happening is the mother will say that, but then it's like, okay, here comes the stepfather, and now the stepfather, what does he do? He's, he, now he's a disciplinarian. You know what I'm saying? Now he's right. the one, right. you know, coming down with his fist or whatever on the boy. It's like, well, wait a minute. What, what happened to diplomacy? What happened yep. to we going to talk this out? What, what happened to all that? And then that's when he starts realizing that everything that his mother says is basically a bunch of garbage. Okay, and then, and then going into what the dude was saying about, you know, being in relationships with women and stuff like that, slow, slowly but surely the guys start seeing that, you know, they're not 
um, uh, that, that what the women have to say, what the women have to say is um, it's not true, you know, um, in terms of, you know, oh, if you, just, if you just love me right, everything will be all right, because you know that's not the case when you're not in the proper position. And then the other issue is that none of these men or none of these boys are prepared to be men in the real world and compete with other races of men, and that's what they get slammed for by black women. But black women want black men to play this subordinate position or this fake position of equality because they, they don't see black male leadership. They just want us to kind of, you know, you know, fit into the way that they want to operate in the world. But the way that they want to operate is not the way that the world actually operates, and we're supposed to be the protectors, right. the defenders, the builders, the maintainers. You know, so you know we don't have the, we don't have the tools. No torches were passed to us. We're just kind of, we just kind of wake up, you know, at at 30 years old or 25 years old with with no networks, no economic opportunities, no tools, and we're we, we have this idea concept of trying to be men like other races of men when we when we can't because we don't have we don't have the tools. I'm not saying that we shouldn't, but I'm saying we don't have the same tools as other races of men. So what you see a lot of brothers doing now is they start, they start throwing out manhood or they start feeding into concepts of equality or they start feeding it. Basically, everything that's going to absolve themselves of the responsibility that, that black men are supposed to have within their own community. They're just they're throwing it out all over the place. I see it all the time. You know, we got this no simping culture. Oh, man, you know, if I do anything for a woman, man, that's simping. I can't do that. That's, that's simping. No, you just, it's like, dude, you just don't want to do it. And real talk, a lot of dudes don't want to do it because they don't have the tools to do it, on top of the fact that even some of the ones that have the tools don't want to do it because they're not thinking about community. They're not thinking about passing anything on legacies, wealth, and things like that because they, they just, it hasn't existed so long. Everybody wants to be, you know, you know, an individual. You know, I don't have to do this. I don't have to participate in any type of community. I can do my own thing. And then they see how much the monumental task that's at hand for, you know, a black guy that was born in the 80s in terms of fixing the B.C., it's, and, and, and it's, 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 like, it's like, wow, like, I wasn't given the tools. You know, I have no guidance. I can't even ask the previous generation, how do you establish businesses that you didn't establish? Like, how, like, how do you even go to them for advice about that? You can't. So, so we just get bombarded. I'm saying my generation, at least. We get and I'm sure it happened to some of your, y'all in your generation, but I'm saying we just get bombarded with, you know, the, you know, the community was messed up when we were born. It's been messed up since, you know, before we even got ourselves together. And then mm-hmm. now it's like, you know, buckets of responsibility just thrown on our shoulders. Not saying we shouldn't yep. take it, but it, it's a bitter pill to swallow. Yeah. That's right. You're 100% right. You just smashed it. Well, I don't. I, I mean, I, I don't. I don't like to take the uh, the other side of the street here, but you know, mm-hmm. some of the stuff I definitely disagree with, but not really disagree with, but have another point of view on, uh, which is okay. you know, um, and and everything you said was 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 right on from a perspective, but from a different perspective, it's like when are we going to stop dragging that into this current situation and generation? And using that as a crutch to say that we we can't advance because of, um, you know, despite the way the woman talks about the man, that shouldn't stop us from being a man. Despite the way we got a broken hammer, 
you know, learn how to make something else out of that camera. You know, um, and that's when we have to do and be creative. That if that's what we have to do, then that's what we have to do. You know, um, where I am in, in my life, and a lot of other brothers might be the same way. You know, we have to be um, twice as good to be con- considered half as decent. You know. Um, so we have to work that way, and it's not our fault, but we can't continue to lean on that, to lean on that, that um, which what we didn't have. We can't continue to use that as a, as an excuse to say I can't advance because of my history or because of of the historical data behind my family, or because of slavery of, of being enslaved in 400 years. I just don't believe we have to get off that okay. horse and grow callous because. Even like when I'm talking to my son, you can't continue to say I did bad in school because you and mom got a divorce. You know, um, I, I can't go with, you know, I can't go on with my life as a child because you're crippling me from being with this person or that person. Okay, I can't work as a black man. You know, it's nothing to say that you can't go to school to get a bachelor's degree. And if most of the people at your job got bachelor's degrees, then go get a master's degree. And if most of your people got master's degrees, then go get two master's can, degrees. Can I, can I, can I, can I interject? Because I, I don't want I don't want the, to I don't want you to think that there's a, a miscommunication in, in in what I'm saying. I'm saying I, I'm not talking about making an excuse. Um, what I'm saying is 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 looking at the purpose behind doing a lot of this stuff. And you have people who know what needs to be done and why it needs to be done. They would be your Claude Andersons or your Amos Wilsons. Okay, ultimately, we're competing against other groups of men for finite resources on this planet. That's what it ultimately comes down to for our genetic survival. That's what it comes down to. Okay, there hasn't been a structure in the black community for so long that that, that – even if you want to create a positive male identity about being a man and what men should do, black women don't even want to participate in that anymore because there is no structure, okay? There's nothing that has been created that benefits them. As soon as you start talking about male responsibility, they're going to jump up and cheer. But as soon as you say male responsibility attached to male leadership, that's when you're going to get objections. And and the problem is, and I've had this discussion before about, you know, well, should we be concerned about what the women think? Technically speaking, no, but at the same time, you know, if, if it's all about legacies and passing on generational wealth, you know, so that we have this, you know, solid, intact community that mirrors and reflects other communities, you're, you're not going to get around having to deal with the women in terms of, you know, having access to your child, the courts and, 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 and legacies and things like that, looking for a woman that's not supportive. Support can be fake. A lot of brothers don't realize that. You're looking for a woman that's cooperative with the, with the foundations that you are trying to establish, okay? And that's where, that's, if you go on YouTube right now, I'm sure you can look up all the gender war stuff and the young black men and black women ripping each other apart on the Internet. That's where the conversation has gone down because a lot of brothers don't, did not recognize, they thought that, you know, America is America, and we're a part of it, and we're just we're all Americans, and 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 the white man system is our system. Unfortunately, that's not the case. You know, all you got to do is drive through your nearest black community and see 
that we don't reap the benefits of, quote, unquote, America. So what hasn't been established in the black community has created a bunch of dysfunctional people who are byproducts of that environment. So right now it's going to take a bunch of exceptional individuals and those individuals who have the resources who a lot of times just simply try to join other communities to come back and start establishing some sort of foundation. But I'm telling you, when you get down to the conversations of, of just – forget all the Ray Rays and Pookies. Throw them out. Forget all the, you know, I'm not motivated, I'm in the streets, whatever. Just deal with the educated dudes. Just deal with the men who got themselves together. I'm telling you, they don't, they don't want to do it. On top of so the let, fact let me, that – let me, let me ask you a question, bro. Go ahead. And that's, and that's why we're here. The Merry Men Don't Talk show is a foundation – to build that type of man that wasn't able, that, that their parents didn't build as they were supposed to build. And, you know, if I didn't have any of this, and my, 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 my father didn't ha- hand me no house, he handed me a shirt. That's all I got after he died. I got a shirt, all right? And I wear it, and I wear it proud. And I got a wait. I got a stuffed fish that I gave to my sister. Okay, well, and I gave my uncle. But that doesn't stop me from creating a generational wealth in my family. And that doesn't stop me from trying to help marriages be stronger. And that doesn't stop us from trying to create an America or create a society of black men or white men or just a generation of men that care so much about their children and family that we rid all the homosexuality and we rid all the... Uh, molestation and we read all the drugs because it starts with the head and the head is the man and that's why we're here that's why it's so important so you're I'm going, glad you brought your point stuff you're, you're, you're going to have to get educated or on point brothers are going to have to get their numbers up and unfortunately the reality is that most people are not motivated by by buckets of benevolence Okay, they're motivated by what what is ultimately going to benefit them. Okay, is it is there a job at the end of it? Is there some economic right. opportunity at the end yeah. of it? That's what motivates people. If I if I right. if I could go if I had fifty thousand dollar jobs that I could give out, if I had twenty five fifty thousand dollar jobs, I could go into Camden, New Jersey, right now and get a whole bunch of drug dealers with felonies off the streets right now. Right, I could do it, but. Right. I, I don't have that. You can, we can talk about the I, see, and this is what I mean by the intrinsic aspects of, of brothers uh, getting too much into the type of stuff that women say. Because women will say stuff like that. Women will say to be the type of men that we should be and blah, 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 and, and clouds, hearts, and rainbows and stuff like that. That's fine. There's no, there's no, obviously you have to paint a picture and you have to paint a goal. Paint a goal. But when it's not attached to tangibles, that's where that's where everything falls apart. That's why black men don't attend church right now, because because they don't need a spiritual hammer. They need a physical hammer. Do you have one? If you don't have one, the hell with you. That's that's you're not that's, be heard, that's exactly. the essence of it. You're not going to be heard. You know, I get and what that's I how, get. What, that's I, just the picture what yeah, society creates. I like this dude, man. I like this right. guy. It's just the up north we feel that. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, you, because brother, yeah, I'm saying the talking points. That. The talking points have been going too long, man. I mean, I mean, right. this this bu- bottomless bucket of hope, man. That that <laughs> stuff, it, 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 you can't use that indefinitely. It's like it's like faith. It's like the hope and the faith and everything, you know. And Doc, I got people that I know that are, and I'm not trying to even get into the whole religious aspect. 
they they love themselves some Jesus. They love themselves right. some some Allah. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, what has God done for the black community in the last 800 years? Right. They can't answer me. They can't okay, can talk I, about what well, God's I, done I, this individually, right, but they bro, can't can answer I, can me I, what I, has been done in the community because it's not about that. It's about the economics. It's about the money. That, that's, how you, that's how you become the, the standard in the community. And you can't be, you can't be so rare that, that, that you're not seen that you think you're going to be the standard. If you're, if you're a unicorn, you can't be the standard. And if you, ha- if you wield no power, you can't influence other people. It's not about buckets of words. It's about controlling something that basically says, hey, you want to get over here, I'm going to put you on, I'm going to do this for you, I'm going to do that for you. That's how the drug dealers get these young boys out there. Yeah, young, boys is, young boys is sitting there like young boys coming out of a single-parent home, ain't got no money, there's no prospects and no jobs. In his community. You don't see no smokestacks in the ghetto. Okay, okay so no, let, me ask no let, me, let me ask you a question, bro. What, what are you advocating? Because you just said that, you know, Jesus is not the answer for this community. You're saying that uh, we... No one's no, giving us jobs. He didn't say it wasn't the answer. He just said that, that it can't be the mainstay. It can't be the main focal piece. You got to have well, more to it. Okay. Well, when and I and I, the reason why I beg to differ because everything uh, my belief or my God has told me to do, then I followed that direction, and I've obtained things that I didn't, ha- I wasn't privy to. So you can't say that for the whole. You can say that for the half believers. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean you obtained? You what do you mean you obtained things that you weren't privy to? Explain that to me. Yeah, you got some well, other keys on that keychain other than just the religious key. Okay, let, let, let me explain that. You know, I no one in my college went to no one in my family went to college. Okay, before mm-hmm. I did, uh, mm-hmm. uh, graduated from college. No one. Uh, have what I have obtained as far as material things. Uh, no one has as many degrees as I have, not trying to put that over my head, or certifications, or clearances, mm-hmm. or anything else. Where did I get that from? I had to get it from a direction, and it wasn't no a direction from a father because he didn't know where to send me in a direction where I am. I had to move away from my people just to obtain certain knowledges that I wouldn't be able to obtain if I was still in Atlanta. So, I can I so if I if I'm on my knees and I'm praying and I'm go and I have a I have a God that sent me that that guides my steps and he has guided my steps to the point where I'm able to give each one of my children homes which wasn't passed down to me Okay 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 and, I, I can see I I can see I can see you and I are going to we're 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 going to run into a, a Oh, oh, so I'm just, speaking, I'm just speaking hey, personally. I'm just, hey, I'm just speaking for no, myself. No, 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 no. I, no, I, 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 I hey, hear guys, you. I'm just, uh, I'm just saying hey, guys, that. Guys, 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 guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> can I grab this thing back? I, mean, I, I don't want yeah, it. Yeah, I see where going. <laughs> but uh, I don't want us uh, to get too far upfield about what we need to talk about. I hate uh, my father. Okay. So I don't want us to. We can talk about that in open mic, uh, which you guys are discussing. Great combo. But I want to bring mm-hmm. this thing back. Um, I mm-hmm. want to bring this because, you know, both of you gentlemen mentioned something very interesting. I found, uh, excuse me, uh, Joseph Matera wrote an article entitled Traumatic Traits of Fatherless Men, which we're talking about this evening, in which he explains uh, some of the symptoms of fatherlessness. And the first thing that he says is that some men continually walk around with insecurities that negatively impact the way they relate to others because of neglect, 
lack of affirmation, or abandonment. Is Joseph right or wrong here? Is he right or wrong? Yes. I mean, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure an argument could be made for that. I mean, I mean, I, I, I still think, it, you know, maybe I'm speaking too vaguely, but I think that, you know, a lot of it just comes down to, you know, um, lack of positive male identity. I mean, there, there isn't, there isn't any. You know, like going back to what the brother said earlier about, you know, um, you know what his mother was saying about the father. I mean, I mean, we are, we are not seen, you know, you know, in in the capacity of doing anything. It, it, even like here, I'll spell it out. A lot of women out here all the time saying, if the man were to come back, you know, and help me raise the kids, everything would be better, right? What type of man is he? You know what I'm saying? In, term, in other words, in other words, if we brought these Ray Rays and Pookies back, okay, you know, that a lot of women got with, is that going to change the situation? How is he going to demonstrate any concept or idea of leadership or handling responsibility when he doesn't have the tools to do so. It doesn't matter whether he comes back and he shows his son buckets of love and this, that, and the third. It doesn't matter because he's not in a, he's not in a position to discipline. He's not in a position to enact sanctions. I mean, look at what Obama's doing with Russia. Russia wants to go and invade Ukraine, and the first thing they're talking about is sanctions. They're talking about money. They're talking about, I'm cutting you off from this and that. I grew up in an affluent white suburb, okay? I've seen white boys do all type of stuff where they're screwing up, messing up all over the place. But their their families and their and their parents are in positions to where getting cut off actually means something. It means something to be cut off from from the infrastructure that they got going on. They they got some tick behind stuff over there. But it, you know, in in terms of us, I remember you know, a guy was telling me about the, a situation that he had with his son, and he said, "I'm gonna cut you off." And his son turned and looked at him and said, "Cut me off from what, Dad? What you gonna cut me off from?" You know what I'm saying? I'm saying I'm saying. See, a lot of people. They, they they want to get into that benevolent realm, but I'm like, it's about you being in the position so that that can't be said to you. And and so in terms of, of, of um, you know, an inferiority complex, if we want to call it that, yeah, a lot of brothers got a lot of inferiority complex. That's why we get so easily duped into all this dark-skinned masculinity and, and, you know, all these pornos with, you know, you know, uh, you know, you know, a black guy with five white women, and 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 brothers actually, I mean, it's gone to dudes' heads. It's literally gone to dudes' heads because that is how we now value ourselves as black men, as man dingoes, sex gods, and you know, hyper masculine, this, that, and the third. And I'm saying, if you look at, you know, we're a bunch of beautiful black men that don't build anything, and then you go well, over wait, wait, to the who, women. Well, who, well, who are you speaking for? Because you gotta, you gotta say, you gotta, you gotta speak for a certain. Uh, you can't speak for the entire race of black. Well, okay, well, let, let me speci- let me specify. I'm okay. I'm speaking I'm speaking for for all of the mess that you see out here. Okay, what is what, you know? Obviously, it's a problem that we're trying to address. So, I mean, I can you know saying you know well that ob- it's not everybody. Obviously, it's not everybody. But I'm saying it's enough people to where it's causing a problem. It's it enough people. Is. It's enough people to wear this drug. I mean, you go out, you can go out here and you can talk to these young boys, and and there are their whole idea and concept of manhood is about how many women they can sleep with. 
You know, it, it's about you know street swag. And, and, and do and you and do you know where that came from? Or uh, I mean, because if you ask them where their fathers are, I'm, I'm quite sure they got an answer for that too. And it's not with I'll, them. I'll, I can I can tell you where I can tell you where it came from because men like yourself and other brothers are not in the black community actively participating in its maintenance. The positive male identity that they get are from the street guys that are there. They're at least there. And and, and and unlike educated dudes, street guys do form, quote, unquote, gangs which try to empower themselves. They are the closest thing to a black male power structure or a black male hierarchy that exists within the black community. Hey, hey Peter, Peter, um, yeah. I, I, I just say that you don't know where that brother's, what street corner that brother's been on or not. I don't. I don't think you, exactly. Don't think and you know that for sure. What what street corner? Who's been on? Well, I think it's it, 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 about. It, it, it's something to think about, fellas. I think if if, if, if no, it's if, not. It's not. It's not. The reason why I say it's not because it's the same thing. I mean, what has changed between now and twenty years ago? The same thing I'm hearing about right now. I heard twenty years ago. It's the same thing. Yeah, it, it, it was it was stated 20 years ago, and, and nothing has been done to change the problem because, as I was okay, saying so earlier... What have, you done, what, what have you done to change the problem? I'm just discovering I'm, I'm, that, it's, that it's the problem. I'm, I'm, I'm identifying the problem, okay, of what wasn't the problem, done... The problem has what, what, been identified. That's what I'm saying. Problem, 20, 30 years ago, the problem has been, still, still been identified. No, no, what no, okay, uh, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me specify. The problem, well, the, the problem the was... The problem was identified 20 years ago, but brothers my age and even slightly younger are just finding this out now. We don't know what happened to the, you know, the people are reposting stuff about Amos Wilson on YouTube. I didn't know who Amos Wilson was in 1994 or that's 1993. That's why you hate your father. I didn't know who Claude that, Anderson that, was. That, that's why you hate your father right there, because the same shit 30 years ago is still happening now, and you knew hey, nothing about it. Watch right. you, oh, sorry about that. The wool got pulled over your eyes. And here you are at 30 years old just figuring it out. As a brand, if black men were a brand, we're irrelevant. We're irrelevant. Well, I'll say this. Uh, what, what, what frustrated me, and, I, and, 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 and I'll say in reference to frustration towards, towards even my, my own father. You know, my father's you know, been in my life my, his whole life. But my frustration is, and, and I, I, don't know where to, I don't know where to look, but I'll say that my father came out of the ghetto. My father's father was not there. They grew up in North Philly. Um, you know, he said he didn't know he was poor until he went to college. Okay, my father is the first person out of his whole entire family to go to college. Um, went to college, uh, came out, you know, and basically, and, and this is where a lot of the disconnect is, his father wasn't there to demonstrate any concept of, or, of idea of leadership or manhood or anything like that. So basically it stops at, well, at least I'm there, and that's where it stops. Me, on the other hand, because we, you know, you know, he moved out of the, he moved out of the ghetto with my mother, and they moved into the suburbs because they didn't want to, me to be involved in any of the things that were going on when they were living in the city. Their house got robbed a couple number of times, and then they said, "That's it, we're out." But, but the thing is, is I grew up around other races of men. I grew up around seeing other races of men make moves that my father didn't make. Okay, he didn't make he didn't make those moves. He wasn't networked with other brothers. He wasn't trying to talk to other brothers. Wasn't saying, "Hey, let's open up a business." In 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 the in the black community, 
you know, that he came hey, from, hey, Peter, but yet Peter, all the Peter, other Peter, groups... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Peter, 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 hold on, hold on. You say your father grew up in the hood and got you out of the hood. Mm-hmm. And now you're talking about the way that he didn't network with other people. I mean, how do you know what your father did behind the scenes to get you out of the hood? He got a job, and he used the income from the job to move out of the hood. That, that's, okay, that, so that's, what, that's the basis of it. He didn't, in other so words, he was didn't. Was that a better life for you? Oh, absolutely. I can't, I can't knock him for that. But the problem is, and this is, this is what a lot of people don't realize, what the problem is, 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 is I don't know if you live in the suburbs or live in a predominantly white area, you know, with your with your son. But the problem is, is that your son is going to be isolated. Okay, there's not there's hey, not hey, going to be any. Hey, go ahead. Hey, hey Peter, I I, 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 I want to help. Yeah, we, um, we I want to help. Yeah, I, I want to help you, the, and I want to help you because I, I tell you what, this is not, um, this is not uh, empowerment for the black community. Uh, solely, uh, what we do here is marriage. So, you know, okay. that's the focus here. You know, yes, you do hear a lot of uh, black men speaking. However, there are non-black men on the line. And, again, uh, you weren't here for the opening, but we don't get into the, the racial stuff, the political stuff, because when it comes to marriage, we all got the same issues um, as it relates to marriage and relationships. So if we want to keep the focus there and in general, uh, we don't want to make this a black or white. Oh know, well, oh well, then, well, then, well, then, well, then I got, I got to stand, I got to stand down, and I'm on the wrong show. <laughs> All right, sir. <laughs> You're welcome to hang around, but I want to get this thing uh, back on topic here. Um, and thanks for your comments, Peter. But um, yeah. is it ever too late? Is it ever too late to be a good father? That's what I want to ask. Is it ever too late uh, to be a good father? Mm. I don't think it's ever too late to try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I, I think that I'm a pretty good father, but I know for a fact that sometimes my daughters hate me. They hate the fact that when the what they hate the fact that when I take them outside, when I'm watching a movie with them on Friday night when I'm playing with them or whatever, I'm disengaged, as the brother said earlier. I'm always on my smartphone doing something. And I'm not engaged in what they're doing or what they're talking about half the time because it's, I'm looking, I'm peering over the, the top of my phone. Um, and I know that, you know, maybe hate is a, strong word, but, you know, I see my oldest, sometimes she looks at me and she's like, ah, never mind that. You know, I see you on your phone again. Um, can anybody relate to this or, or is it just me? Um, or with, with, maybe it's not your smartphone, maybe it's your tablet, maybe it's your uh, remote control. Your laptop. Your remote control, absolutely, brother. I mean, is it just what? me or can anybody relate to this? Go ahead. I think people can What's your original question? Is it ever too late to show up? What what was the question? Is it ever too late to be a good father? I would say no. I think it starts with being able to do absolutely what you are stating you are not doing, and that is be present. I think a lot of times Mm -hmm. what ends up happening is 
you know, people like to throw money at things or gifts or or cards or whatever. When in all actuality, all you need to do is just show up and be present. Um, so I would think that a lot of times, in particular for situations with being a good father, it's never too late to show up. I mean, I, I can I can tell you that personally from my experience. You know, um, parents divorce two weeks after I was born. You know, they were married for uh, six years. But then after that, that was a wrap. Um, Dad was right there in town, didn't really see him a lot, never really came and saw me play much, do much of anything at school. But you know what, though? He showed up when I graduated from high school. He showed up when I graduated from college. He showed up when I got my master's. He was there for the baptism of both my daughters. Wasn't there for my wedding because we had a little falling out, so he didn't come to the wedding. But you know what? Hey, he showed up. And I think that that's one of the big pieces of why it's never too late. You know, I think when you look at this topic, you know, why I hate my father, yeah, I'm sure along the line I hated him. And at different points, I might even still dust that off and, and, and say that to myself occasionally. Like, man, I hate this dude. But the really truth about it is is that I love him. I'm frustrated at the fact that, you know, going back to what some of the stuff Peter was saying earlier, if he's still on the line, Peter, you made some good points. I mean, it's the fact that the wool was pulled over my eyes a little bit. I mean, there's times right now that I, I need my dad. You know, there's things I'm experiencing with being a married man. Like I said, he's married for six years. Parents aren't together anymore, but he was married for six years. So some of these hurdles that I'm experiencing right now, I need him to show up. I need him to show up. And what I mean by that is just being able to pick a phone up, talk to me, be there to listen, send me an email, shoot me some words of wisdom, or just, you know, man, just, just be present. And I think that it's never too late for that. It's never too late for that. And that's uh, some of the stuff that I think, uh, you know, really kind of drives home that point of probably kids saying that they hate their fathers to some degree. Can, can, um, I, can, I, can I ask you a question? Yeah, um, do, do you think that, and, and this is one of the reasons why I keep going back to the whole community thing, but a lot of fathers... I mean, this is my this is my belief. I've all, I've heard this before, but I'm saying you you feel free to agree or disagree. But a lot of of, of fathers, um, you know, especially uh, as it pertains to uh, black men, but a lot of fathers are not showing up because they're embarrassed because of the fact that they're not necessarily in the position to be a father in all aspects of the traditional sense. So they'd rather not be there than be there and perhaps be emasculated or be there and not be able to live up to the full capacity of being a father as traditional concepts of fatherhood state that a man should be a father. Well, you know, I think that's a good point. I think what's scary about it is, is like the whole concept or ideal of what it means to be a man or be a father, I don't think anybody knows what that means anymore. And I think the the part that's frustrating and sometimes overwhelming and daunting for most men is you hear this, you got to be a man. Grow up, stop crying, be a man. Don't be this, blah, blah, blah. Or you got to be a better father. Or I need you to do blah, blah, blah. But what does that mean? I mean, when you look at other things in life, it's very clear that if I do A and B, it will get me to C. If I do this and this, it will get me that. But But, but do you think that, do you think that, Simply because I hear this all the time, and it, and it really drives me up a wall. The, the idea of just do you just 
just show up. Like, don't bring anything. Don't come with anything. All you have to do is show up, and, you know, it, it's like at least you're there. I mean, it's like telling it's like telling somebody who should be getting A's that all you got to do is come with a C, and and that yeah. will that is satisfactory enough. And but, I, but, just, but, I just but, don't agree with that. And and I think you're absolutely right, but I think the other piece to it, though, is in particularly when it comes to just being a father. It's something about having your dad there in the crowd, and he don't have to show up with anything when it's Father Sunday, and your mother's the only mother there. <laughs> There's something about having your dad show up when you graduate, you know, in a situation, whether he was involved in the process or not, to be able to have you at that time potentially introduce your father to your friends who have never met him other than you talking about him and thinking he's a myth. So it, it doesn't it doesn't have to be so much about what you bring to the table, what you look like, how much money's in your pocket. Sometimes it's just about having that additional reinforcement well, to stand there behind you. I, to say, I, 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 I agree I agree I agree with that. Um however like a person I talk to who I who I I, I do consider my mentor in a lot of in a lot of regards. He had a father I got this thing right next to me. He had a father who who basically, um, you know, was was there, was present, made good money, but um, didn't do what he needed to do. Didn't didn't um, didn't move out of his sister's house. Basically, he didn't want to, uh, you know, establish his own um, his own foundation. And when he got to a point where he was, you know, dating, you know, women. You know, he didn't want to introduce the women, you know, to his father because his father was sleeping on, you know, a fold-out couch over his aunt's house despite the fact that he had money because he just didn't want to, you know, you know, buy a house. Um, he also had situations where, um, you know, he saw that his father did not want the responsibility of being a father because um, basically um, his, his, um, his mother had gotten... Um, his mother got got um, shot um, by the stepfather, and um, she was in the hospital. And so he basically had no place to stay. They were looking for the stepfather, you know, who shot the mother. And um, he went to his father to try to stay with his father. And his father was trying his his damnness to get out of the responsibility of having to take care of his son. He went to his his brother and said, "Hey, could you, can my brother stay with you?" He went to his sisters that he was living with and said. Can I stay with you? And and you know the sisters basically they allowed him to stay there for a little bit, but then they you know the, you you can tell when somebody doesn't want you being there because they start doing things to mess with you because they want you out. They just don't want to explicitly state that they want you out. They'll just start you know I told you to clean this up or I told you to do this and I told so he knew that he wasn't wanted there. Um, but it was an eye opener for him to see his father not uh, you know basically chirp the responsibility of being his father. And I guess the question I have is, you know, I, I don't even know why it gets to this point where, you know, and I guess maybe because of the, the children are already here, but the discussion is always, you know, why don't we bring the fathers back or the fathers coming back? My question to the fathers is if, if you're that type of father, why did you have kids in the first place? If you didn't want to do what you needed to do, why did you have kids in the first place? You know, um, I, I I I don't have an answer for that question. You know, I know. You know, like I said, I, I personally believe that a lot of these kids are just 
the byproduct of, of fornication, you know, um, or, or just what you do when you get married. You just have kids when you get married. But there was no plan. There was no plan for the son. There was no, I'm going to do this. i got to make sure, you know, my kid can go out there and compete. And there was just was none of that. It's just simply my kid's here and, damn, i got to, I got to start doing these things that I never even thought about until the child was born. Right. I mean, you make some good points, and I think you're absolutely right. And it is one of those things that I think that's another reason why this topic is valid, because these are the reasons why we hate our fathers to some degree. It's because mm. we are the men, our boys, that are supposed to be getting this information passed down to us about planning and preparation and being able to provide and everything, but in all actuality, that's a big part of what I was saying about showing up. I mean, sometimes there's a time and place for every different stage of showing up, and I think that's what you were getting at earlier, is that, yes, sometimes I just need my dad to be there for Father Sunday, just show up. But, yes, there are times that I need for him to take me to work, like the gentleman said, and show me what hard work and dedication means, to show me what you know, life has out here and why you need to continue to keep your head in the books and doing the things that are necessary in order to achieve, to show me what is required with regards to leading my family and being a head household. But if you don't get that, if you don't get that, that will definitely have you questioning at different points. And it isn't just one thing. It can't just be faith. It can't just be education. It can't just be planning. It can't just be spiritual cleansing. It can't just be yoga. I mean, you've got to have a lot of different things, and that's why I said earlier, you've got to have many different keys on that keychain. It can't just be one. It will not work because there's a lot of different gates out there, and you've got to have a key to just about every gate, and I think that's one of the big things that we need as men and why, to some degree, we hate our fathers because we, we want some answers, man. We want to be able to talk to somebody about what's going on. as somebody that looks like me, that has a penis just like I have a penis, that is thinking and having a, uh, that has experienced things just like I have, whether I've reached it at 30, 35, 24, whatever. But we need that. And I think the best way to look at it definitely with the, you know, the keys and the gate, and I've been thinking about this for a while, is this. I mean, even heaven is gated. You better have a key to, you better have a key to get in the gate. You better have a key to get in the gate. Even heaven wait, repeat, is gated. Wait, repeat that. I missed I miss that. Even heaven is gated. So you need to make sure that you have a key to get in the gate. And it's imperative for us to make sure that as men we're asking the questions and getting the knowledge and doing things that we can in order to move forward. So we can do exactly what you talked about, Peter. Pass that key along. Even heaven um, has a gate. But so brother, you said that. Hold yeah, on, hold on. I'm, I'm glad you said that part about even heaven has a gate. And my father can't get me in heaven. Right. My father could have probably helped me at some point to find the 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 map to that key, but my father can't get me to heaven. And I say that to say, you know, um, there's a lot of things that my father's done, but there's a lot of things that he's not doing right now. Like I I can't depend on him to have a father son conversation. If he's too busy, he's not available. He just don't feel like doing it. Right. I can't depend on him to help me be a better father for my daughters. I just can't because he's a man, he's flesh and blood, and there's only with so much he's going to do, but he's still human. You see what I'm saying? But the job still has to be done. So whether he's present or he didn't give me whatever he couldn't give me or he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't uh, 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 smart enough to, 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 to take me 
he could only take me but so far in life. Then I have to figure it out on my own how to keep it moving. And if right now if I'm looking for him to guide me still as an adult, I'm going to come up short. That's why forms like this are good because the iron sharpens iron because we can talk about these issues and help each other and probably get further than what our father could give us at this point. You see what I'm saying? So, no, he doesn't have the keys to get me into heaven, but I still got to get there. He can't help me be a better father, but I still got to be that. So the example that he gives me, either I'm going to take it and say, well, this this is the kind of father that my father was. He was great, or I got to supersede him and be better. But there's always something that he's done that's given me, you know, just a little bit more to to either be better than him, like I said, or or whatever. But you still got it. I mean, the job still has to be done. Go ahead. But what do you, what, what both of y'all are saying is really, and that that was really very eloquent on both of your parts. But what you're really saying is basically that you don't like the fact that your father didn't talk to you. Yeah. You know, and, and and what I mean by talk to you is not, hey son, you know how's it going, or you know how's school going. I mean, really sit down and have an in depth conversation, specifically about this marriage thing. Who we yeah. we all still trying to figure this no, thing out. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying I don't need him to talk to me. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying I don't need him to talk to me. You see what I'm saying? Because again, if you didn't. As a father, if you didn't take time to do that, at this point, I don't need you to do it now. But I still yeah. got to figure it out. You feel what I'm saying? I'm now trying to say, okay, well, yeah. Go ahead. I, I was going to say that I, I think that so in terms of talking, like, in, you know, I, I think that there's supposed to be a purpose behind everything. And 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 I, I'm I strongly believe that you know anybody who brings children into the world and I'm saying be it that we know everything that we know about how screwed up the world is that you want to give your kids the most advantages that you can give them and um, one of the things that should be discussed is, is basically a, a father who okay let's say he you know he he's not a wealthy man or you know um you know isn't networked or anything like that but what he should be doing is telling you about all the mistakes that he made. And I don't think that's done enough. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's done by both, by both people, the, the women, or, women or the men. Um, you know, and nobody wants to admit, like, hey, this is where I screwed up. Don't, I don't want you doing this because this is where I got jammed up. And, and, and so you basically have people going out there and falling flat on their face and getting hurt. You know, I mean, there's no safety net. Like, we fall 12 stories, we hit the ground, and then Correct. you know we're in ho- we're in the hospital for three months, or, or or we're done. We're just completely out the game. We don't bounce back. There is no safety net, and and I think that that does create you know a lot of a lot of anger, especially when the first thing that'll be said. And and and, and I've heard somebody say something similar to this when I, right before I called in, uh, which is the you know oh that'll make you stronger type of type of uh, uh, dribble. You know that you know that I'm gonna I'm gonna I as your father I'm going to intentionally let you go out there and, and not just oh you know you trip and you stumble and you get back up like you know you know you know hey son go, get back in there and then you score you know 15 points at the end of the game no I'm talking about actually let you you know practically be annihilated you know because because they don't want to admit to some of the pitfalls they make I think that that drives a lot of the anger because, I mean, basically what you're saying is, you're, is I'm allowing you to get, you know, completely effed up. 
you know, just, just completely. And, and, and it's not my responsibility because, you know, you're a grown man and, and you, you have to learn just like I learned. You know, that's that, um, that's that um, ain't nobody going to eat off of me mentality. You know, well, hey, well, ain't nobody give me a car, let me, let me, let me so why you. should I get him a car? Well, I agree with him. I agree with him, though. No, let me, well, let me ask you this, though. Uh, well, I, I don't know because this this is why uh, I'm, thinking, I'm saying this because a lot of times when – you're trying to talk to you're not only raising your kids but you're raising your kids against other kids you're raising your uh your children against the knowledge that they obtain uh, they are op- obtaining outside of your home so when they bring that outside inside of your home and it makes sense to them because their friends are going through it then sometimes you have to let them say okay i got to let you out there because you're not taking my advice when I'm trying to give it to you. Okay, I am the father that's telling you, okay, you come up with, if we find a car that's $10,000, then I'll give you five and you get five. And, well, why do I got to get five? My buddy's uh, dad didn't or do that, or my buddy's grandparents didn't do that for him. They just bought him a car. Why do we got to play all these games? And their mentality is twisted to think that this we automatically are supposed to give something to them. So now, well, okay, if you don't want a car, then if you don't want a house or if you don't want anything for yourself, then do you have a better way of getting it? Yeah, I think your way sucks. Okay, well, go ahead and do it your way. And that's the same thing that, you know, you know, that it has to I, 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 I think, again, I, so I, I think that I get what you're saying. Um, I mean, beggars can't be choosers. Um, but I think that's a cop-out for somebody who's not in the position to give their child what other people are giving their children so that their children have a leg up. And I'm saying it's not just, it doesn't just apply to the car. It applies to, you know, other things like business or real estate or property or a home or something like that. I know plenty of people that, that I mean, they, their parents put them on, and they owe mm-hmm. massive amounts of respect, to, you know, to, to their, you know, their parents or mainly their father, you know, for, for putting them on. And, and the only thing that black fathers have to say to their sons is, you know, you know this, this is a part of life and, and, and these are the rigors of learning. And, and, and I mean, that, that's just not going to fly, especially when they have to go out there and, and, like I was saying, the drawback of being raised in the suburbs, they actually have to go out and see these other kids enjoying that in their face. It's in their face every day. They, hey, I don't have to get a summer job because I'm already taken care of and school's already paid for and everything. And, and, and I'm not saying everybody's going to be on the same level or everybody should be on the same level, but I'm saying brothers keep making excuses. You know, you were, you know, we were talking about excuses earlier, but they keep making excuses as to why they're not on that level. And, and therefore, you should be grateful for all that you got when, every, when other people are not operating like that. You know, it's like it's just a cop out for for not being in the proper position when you should be to be able to do those things. Now, if you were in the position and you said, "Well, I'm not going to do that. I could do that, but I'm not going to do that because I want to teach you this lesson, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera." That's one thing. That's one thing. But 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 to not be in the position and say, "I'm not going to do it." Because I want to teach you a lesson, but I'm not in the position to do it. Even if I wanted to, that they, they, they're not even in the yeah, same room. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. How, how, how about and look, this? And look, and look, and look, and look. He, he also made a good point too. That 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 the whole you know the, the struggles that I went through. I went through struggles so my kids don't have to. 
You know what I mean? You don't have to go through the same struggles. Exactly. 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 You don't have to go through the same struggles that I went through. I mean, that's why I went through them. I'm the sacrificial lamb here. So you can have a better life. So you, you don't have to deal with that. You see what I'm saying? And sometimes we say, well, let them fall on their face. No, I don't agree with letting them fall on their face. Sorry. Exactly. That's, that's like, I mean, think, I mean, think about what you're saying. You're basically, like, like if that's what we're on, then basically what we're saying is every, every black son should start at ground zero. And then you're, then, like, we're actually asking questions why they're upset. You know, why, like, like, like everybody else is getting the baton passed to them and us, on the other hand, because we're not in the position where you say, well, you know, I didn't have a car. Nobody gave me a car, so you don't need one. I walked 15 miles in the snow. I mean, I mean everybody's <laughs> like starting dude, at ground zero. Every, I like I mean, this dude. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, really? I like Hold this on, dude, man. Dude. I'm hearing dude. myself, man, two, three years ago with this dude. I like this dude. I like the fire, you know? I mean, essentially what it's he's talking fire, about man. is the, the the loudest voice. You know, I, I was thinking about it, too, as we were sitting here and listening. This is a good conversation. The loudest voice that we need to hear is our dads. That's the mm. short answer. It's the loudest voice that we need to hear. Peter, you just pointed out that is in people's face every day when they step outside what, what the white kids or kids in the neighborhood or just kids in general and affluent in the neighborhood don't have to do because the baton's been passed. You talked about what they hear out there in the streets from people talking about this, that, and the other with things and the things that are going on. You know, so the loudest voice that we need to hear is our fathers. Peter, you said earlier that, you know, we hear all this stuff about, you know, the, uh, the rigmarole from, from the women and the wives sometimes about, you know, just put your faith in Jesus. Believe me, I've heard that enough, and the fellows on this call will tell you that, man, you play some of them old calls, I'm sure I'm just as passionate as you are, you know. But it is one of those things that the loudest voice that we need to hear is our Father. It's got to be. It's got to be. And it's got to be for those reasons of absolutely what you pointed out, the pitfalls, the hurdles, but it's also got to be the highs and the, and the benefits and the, and, the, and the positives. But it can't all be nice. It's not going to be that. But we do need to hear it. And I think to some degree sometimes that's, what, that's what's frustrating and what's, what's so, uh, so devastating uh, long-term is we don't hear it as much as we uh, need to or in the areas that we need to hear it in. I, I, think, I just think that, that, that too, too often a lot of, a lot of and, I'm, and I'm specifying, a lot of black men end up falling short because of, you know, everything that's going on, and, and they're making excuses for it, and, and they're, they're, you know, telling their sons that, you know, you know, how dare you expect this, or you shouldn't expect it. And I'm saying, now, if you want to ask me something that's generational, that's one of those things that's generational because I hear the young boys saying the same thing to their girlfriends that they're, that they're dating now. Uh, I shouldn't have to take you to dinner. Why, why should I have to take you to dinner? It's, it's equal now. It's equality now. And, you know, and I'm saying when, when, when you put women in the trenches like that, you know, they're not going to be, you know, all dainty and feminine. You know, I try to tell guys all the time, I'm like, yo, you know, pencil skirts, fishnets, stockings, and high heels do not go with, you know, putting women in adverse conditions like that. And, um, you know, in terms of, in terms of sons, I mean, that's, it's frustrating for, for boys because, as you know, people can argue or smack down the ideas of what manhood is and they can play, you know, the, the semantics if they want to. I'm saying, you know, you know people go, well, what is manhood? And da, 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 da. I direct you to every other community. 
Okay, I direct you to what's going on, what's being, being taken care of, what's being built, what's being maintained, what's being passed on and established, and brothers come to the table, and we got every other excuse, you know, to talk about all the other magical, spiritual, and intrinsic aspects of what makes a man a man that's everything other than what's tangible. And that's the problem that I seriously have, you know, with, with black men. I'm not saying that, you know, everything just has to be tangible and you can't have any spiritual or metaphysical or, or supernatural element to it, but I'm saying the fact that we use that as a, an excuse not to lay the foundations that we should for our sons and our daughters, because inevitably whatever foundations we lay down for the sons should, be, should equate to, you know, uh, you know also other, another man's son being in the position to take on, you know, our daughters and provide and take care of her and so on and so forth. So it's not just, a, you know, just, oh, we're just focusing on boys. No, this spills over into the, into the girls, because if you have a, a whole community of young men who are not in the position Okay, then, you know, they're not being taught, they're not being trained, there's no tangibles, nothing's being passed on, they have no economic opportunities. Well, who do you think your daughters are going to marry? Even for the guys that just have, you know, I, I, have no, I have no reason to be in this conversation because I have three daughters. I'm like, you should be in this conversation because it's definitely going to affect your daughters when it comes time for them to go off and be married. They ain't going to have anybody that's going to be in a proper position to be the type of man that you would want your daughter to, to marry. I like this dude, yeah. Brothers don't think, I, man. They just, they just I like do not this dude, think. Man. You're absolutely I, I, right. I think, but that's the whole point of the call is to get us in a think tank together so we can definitely dialogue and do some good stuff. So I'm glad you're on the call. I haven't been on this in a minute. But definitely, I tell you, this has already been something that I will not put down next week because it looks <laughs> like we are moving in the right direction. I'm glad you're on the call, man. I, I tell you, I'm, <laughs> this is good stuff. But I hear exactly what you all were trying to do earlier with getting us back on task because we don't want to leave anybody out. So I yeah. definitely agree with let's not keep it on just black. Let's try to make sure that we on man. That's all we on. We just on man. That's it. Yeah, so thank you. Thank you for that. And, yeah, Peter, uh, definitely you know where we are now. So, you know, please feel free to join us again. But I want to get back um, to Joseph Matera and the traumatic traits of fatherless men and you know, Peter just touched on it a little bit, but uh, Joseph says that some fatherless men are fiercely independent and have a hard time submitting to any form of authority, spiritual or otherwise. Is Joseph right or wrong? I say it again. Fatherless men are fiercely independent and have a hard time submitting to any form of authority, spiritual or otherwise. I think I think he's right. I think he's absolutely right. And again, it goes back to the fact that, and this is just my opinion, that the loudest voice you need to hear is your father's as a man, as a boy, becoming a young adult and going into a man. So therefore, if you don't hear the strongest voice from the strongest figure in your household or life, of course you're going to have some issues with authority and all these other things. That's because right. you never really actively learn how to engage that voice and what that looks like and to respect that voice, respect that hand or whatever it may be or that look. I mean, a lot of the respect and stuff that I came out and utilized today came from the looks that I got from coaches who were men, the looks that I got from my friends' fathers who were in the house and were the loudest voice. 
the looks that I got from professors who took a, a interest in me to say, Peyton, it's not going to be this way. This isn't how it works. Who were men? You got to have that. You got to have that. So I agree with it. I agree with it. Mm. Loudest voice I heard for years and still hears my mama's voice. And I'm done with women telling me what to do. I've said that a million times on this call. And I'll say it mm-hmm. as for as long as I can say it and I'm breathing. I'm done with women telling me what to do. So you want to know why I hate my father? Because I had to endure, I had to endure a woman, and still to this day, everything that I hear is coming out of her mouth. Love her to death. I love my mama to death because she sacrificed and did some things. But, man, come on, man. 35 years old, man, with two little girls, and the main voice I'm hearing in my head with everything is my mama's voice. So you're right I got a problem with authority. You're right I got a problem with uh, getting on the call with a bunch of men who actually are trying to do some things and take me to a positive place. Peter, I hear you, man. I was there. I was where you were. I, I, I'm still there a little bit. That's why I'm excited that you're on the call. I'm still there a little bit. <laughs> but it's one of these things that in time I, I, I told the guys on the call this, and I've been, off, I've been off, man, probably for about, I don't even know. It might be a year and a half, two years. But here it is. I told these guys before, the one thing that, Again, going back to a loud voice, my minister said to me, and I love it, I tell it all the time to people, is he would say all the way from the pulpit to me sitting in the pew, church going on and everybody singing and laughing and clapping hands and celebrating, look me dead in my face. One day, Peyton Owens, it'll all make sense. And <laughs> say it loud in the church, and I'm confused. I'm saying, why is he calling me out in front of everybody? But you know what? In time, it all makes sense. But I'm glad that his voice was loud, and I could hear it. And mm-hmm. I could hear it. So I think that that is absolutely true with what you just read. I absolutely mm-hmm. think it's true. Because you, we we got to hear that voice. we got to hear it. And it doesn't necessarily have to be your father. We just need to hear a man's voice. <laughs> Clearly. Mm-hmm. And, and, and mm-hmm. above everything else to say, hey, we're not going that way. That's not what we're about. And if you think about, I mean, I'm sure everybody on the call probably played football at some point growing up or mm-hmm. basketball. You heard your coach's voice, and when you didn't hear his voice, he probably could whistle, and you definitely paid attention to that whistle. But you heard it, and it allowed you to get mm-hmm. back on track. It allowed you to focus. It allowed you to definitely recognize what was good, bad, or indifferent, or whatever you want to say is lofty goals. or what? So I agree with it. I'm not going to keep mumbling on, but I agree with it. Well, let me, let me take it a step further, and thank you for agreeing, fellas, because um, you mentioned the minister, your minister. And uh, next, Joseph says that many fatherless men are angry and have feelings of loneliness and emptiness because nothing satisfies the hole in their hearts. He goes on to say that fatherless men have more difficulty connecting with God. Is he right or wrong? That one might be pretty powerful. You can watch men do a whole lot of things. Like you said, be on the porno, slaying five or six girls at a time. You You can watch men kill and commit crimes and sell drugs. You can watch men go to work, you know, but it's hard sometimes to watch a man sit in church. Because most churches, it's the women there, not no men. So I have, I mean, I agree with you maybe on that one too. Because 
how am I going to really understand what it means to have a relationship with God as a man when the only man that might be in there that I can really relate to is the minister? Mm-hmm. And that ain't home saying, come on, y'all, get dressed. We got to be the church at 11 o'clock. I think that um, when it comes to the church, I mean, it, it, somebody, I, I was arguing with somebody a while ago, and they were talking about that, uh, that, um, that the the church is, you know, it's headed by a man. Therefore, you know, that's a sign of patriarchy. And I said it's, you know, it's full of women. I mean, it's something like 83% of the constituents of a church are women, especially in our community. Um, and the, the one of the issues is, is I mean, I mean, think the, the church is, is at the end of the day, it's a business. If, if people don't pay their tithes, the doors are going to close. And a lot of pastors, especially in our community, have. Um, they're pandering to, you know, the women who come there. They're not going to, you know, we have a single mother epidemic. They're not going to go in there and start talking about what the Bible says about fornication and single mothers, okay, you know, or having kids out of wedlock. They're not going to start having conversations like that. I, I mean, you know, for what reason, uh, you know, brothers, you know, are going to church, that's their own, you know, personal reason. But in terms of of what a lot of brothers need, you know, people want to people want to argue and they want to say that, you know, they need uh, they need God and and like you were talking about the guys out here that's selling drugs or, or gang banging and everything else. Most of the crime and the violence is is, is drug related, and the drugs are that's the only economy that exists. It's a narco economy, so it's directly tied to the money, which signifies that they're, you know, it's the result of there not being an economy. Uh, these are byproducts of that uh, of there being no structure, these are byproducts of that. So, you know, in terms of, um, you know, some of the issues that are specific to us, they're going, they're going to be there without, you know, that sort of structure. And you're going to have more and more men who are, you know, walking away, you know, from the church or, or their relationship with God in, 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 in an environment where there, you know, there are no fathers. Now, if is, that a, is, is there causation there? I don't know. Is 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 there a correlation? Definitely. I mean, you, I can go to you, we can go to Camden right now, and there is a church, and there's a liquor store, and there is a funeral home on practically every other corner. Okay, but what's what's significantly uh, not there are businesses. You know, so so in in terms of the connection he's making, all you know, all these these fatherless guys are lacking God. I don't know if it's so much that or so much the bigger picture of everything that's going on because, you know, seriously speaking, and I know some people will disagree, they really, they don't need that. You know what I mean? They, they, they need that like, like, like starving children in Africa need Coca-Cola. You know, they, 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 what, they, what these men need are jobs, opportunities so that they can, you know, take care of a family and take care of their kids and be the father that they need to be. You know, that's the, big, that's the biggest piece and. You know, if people want to get distracted and they want to go into other realms of, you know, why they're not there, fine, so be it. I'm, I'm just saying if, if people want to prove me wrong, put the structure in place, put the economic opportunities there, and if, and if the situation is the same, then I'll bow down and say you are 100% correct. But until then, until then, I'm like, you know, you know, 
I don't I don't see I don't see it, that being the causation. You know, just simply fathers not being there as to you know why black you know not you know just men in general have this lack of connection with God. They got other issues going on. Well, that's true. Yeah, let me go ahead. Right? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let me expound on uh, Peter's point because he's absolutely right, you know, that uh, many of our churches today, fellas, are fatherless. Um, And our churches are basically made up of women and children. Uh, It's actually 61%, uh, Peter, 61% of the average American church congregation is female and 39% is male. And oh, I was just saying in, in specific demographic areas. That's, that's all I'm saying. Sure. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. Um, and research shows that 90%, 90% of American men believe in God, and five out of six men identify as Christian. However, only one man out of that six will attend church in, in the United States on any given Sunday. So you got 90% of American men believe in God, five out of six identify as Christian, but only one of that six will go to church on Sunday. Why is that? I'll I'll answer that and be very specific about it. Men cannot survive off of hope indefinitely because it is men who are the ones that are given the responsibility to do what they need to do. Men's value is based on what they do. It is not based on what they believe. It is not based on... Um, you know, any concepts of faith. At the end of the day, if they don't do what they need to do as men, we already know what's, what box society puts them in. So, so they, you know, some people want to argue and say that, you know, you know that, that they need to be there in order, to, in order to do certain things. I don't particularly agree with that. I just I believe that, um, you know, if they, if they don't have the tools to do what they need to do, you know, then they're either going to fall into you know, a bottle or something like that, or they're going to be out there trying to figure out how they can, you know, get the money that they need in order for them to be the men that they need to be. But it's just as important mm-hmm. to show up in that in that situation just like everything else. So it doesn't mean you got to go every Sunday. It doesn't mean that you got to do everything. But it's important for you to be in that situation just like you can go to the job. And there's, a diff- well, there's definitely I mean, a level of consistency that's needed there. It might not be need to be to the same level as you're going to work every day to make sure the lights stay on in your house and that you have heat in your home during brutal winters like this one we've all experienced. But it is imperative for you to be in that place. It's imperative for I you to show hustling. up. I hear you. I think it's hustling backwards. And I mean, that's just my opinion. I think that if you're out there in the streets or wherever you're at and you're trying to make it, and you're trying to be productive, and you're using God only when it's to be convenient. Because he talked about the drug dealers earlier that that mm-hmm. that that don't that don't identify with God, that that identify with what's going on in the streets, and whether their package is going to be on time, or whether they can flip, or whatever they need to do to make this money. But the first time they sit in front of that judge, and all the evidence is pointing at them, who's the first person they call on? They're looking at that Jesus piece, probably. <laughs> They're looking at the Jesus piece. They're looking at the Jesus piece. Kids get cancer. Kids get yeah. cancer. They ain't got no money left. Who are they calling on? The pawn yeah, Jesus piece. Exactly. 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 So we can't just say we can't use them for convenience because now you're well, I'm saying, backwards. I'm, I'm saying you figure for, out how to for, put them for, first. 
Well, listen, what I'm trying to say, though. If you figure okay. out how to put them first, you put them first and not on the back end of that piece, you may be better off. That's just what I'm saying. But I'm saying, I'm saying okay, let, let's go with it. I'm saying look at the results. You know, the way that I, I, look, at the, I look at the overall condition of, of the community, yes, I'm being specific now, and I'm saying, you know, we are the most magical, spiritual, Afrocentric, supernatural, superstitious, uh, a group of men that there are out there, okay? And, and our situation is, is, is not on par with other men's situations. So, so in terms of the, the relevancy, you know, or how relevant that is, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't like to get into those type of conversations. All I'm saying is look at the results, you know. Um, you know, people... We, we we focus on that too much. I mean, anytime if you if you if you doubt me, you know, in terms of okay, just go out there and try to get five brothers together and just start talking about money. Okay, just start talking about how much money you need to make whatever move you're going to make, and I guarantee you, one of the obstacles that you're going to run into is is the whole spiritual aspect. Okay, okay now, now, true, Peter. Peter, now true, true believers, true believers will say. True believers will say that, you know, well, they're using it inappropriately and all this other stuff, and if they were a true believer, they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't use it as an excuse. I agree 100%. However, I'm saying this is what's being done. Let me say something real quick, Peter. Go let me ahead. say something real quick. I mean, what you're describing mm-hmm. are people with a million dollars in their bank and they're still poor because they got cancer. What you're describing is people who just surround their whole life around a dollar bill and then they end up in jail with three million dollars buried but they in in jail for life now if you if you're trying to get the young people on the right track you're sending them down the wrong path in my opinion because if they don't have a voice that they're listening to that is spiritual that's going to guide them internally because i'm a living witness into the uh i'm a living person that Mm -hmm that can attest to the opposite of what you're talking about because I was raised in the projects, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I have, I'm looking at everything that you described and saying what I needed, and it was the opposite of what I've got to obtain what I have. So you can't, I mean, that's why I was saying, uh, and, and it was... Well, it was, well, well here's, here, here's, here's the contradiction. The contradiction is, is that people will sit there and they will say, that it shouldn't be about the money, and it shouldn't be about this, and it shouldn't be about all these material possessions. But yet, the same people who want to stand up and, and, and be the biggest advocates for the church are the same ones that, that will use those very material possessions that they now have as, as evidence of how, you know, religion or spirituality has worked for them. I'm like, it, it, But not those people. But listen, listen, listen. Not those we We agree with you on those type of those type of pastors that that it's all about the money for them. It's all about tithing for them. No, 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 that's not, that's, no, that's, not, that's, that's, that, that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, I'm saying you are, you, you pointing out what, 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 what you've been blessed with, which are material possessions. But I'm saying that the, 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 the whole, one of the pillars of Christianity is to be, what, pious and humble, and it shouldn't be about the material possessions. So why are material possessions evidence of your relationship with the higher No, because you're trying to get power? those young, you're trying to get, if you're talking, if we're talking about materials, 
then if a Christian person have that, because you, that's what you're talking about when you say the drug dealer have everything that they're listening for, because they want material things. So okay. they can also get it on this side. That's why we, okay. the material. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's, okay. Let's, okay. Let's go back. Let's go back to the system. Okay. <laughs> the system, right, has immense amount of power. Okay. The system is, exists in the real world. It exists in the tangible. Okay. The system has us doing things, you know, that we may not want to do or we have to do or whatever, because that is what the system is. Okay, nothing, nothing else is going to change it. In other words, if I wanted, there's two ways to get, let's, let's say we have a road, and I want everybody to walk on the left side of the road. Okay, I could use religion and say, do a Jim Jones and say, God wants everybody to walk on the left side of the road. I might have, I might have 80% of the people walk on the left side of the road, and 20% that say, well, I don't believe that. I'm not going to walk on the left side of the road. I just don't believe that. Okay, or I can go get my money, go buy a jack, jack up the right side of the road to, to a 45-degree angle, and everybody's going to slide to the left whether they want to or not. You see, they, 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 can't, they can't challenge that. They can't fight that. And I'm saying if you want people, if you want people to follow your, your morals and your, and your ideas and your concepts, then you have to be in a position to where you can, you can control that. But one of the things is a lot of us as men, we don't like – I don't know what it is. We don't like the idea of control. We simply think that we can just use words to try to get people to behave like that. And I'm saying because there is no structure and, and, all, and all that's coming is, is, is words, young people are not going to follow that. Not anymore. The young people are not following because they see the results. The, just like we said about what they see what other men are doing, they see the results in their own community of, of what faith has not done for the community. And the idea that you're going to blame them and say, oh, well, this is happening to you because you don't have faith, that's, again, that's, that, that, that's killing it right there. That's not going to go over well. You know, uh, the numbers for the, for the African-American church are, are slowly going down. They're, go, they're going down with each generation, and eventually you're going to get to a point where, where it, nobody's going to be attending because, because you're, not, you're not paying attention to the structural foundation, the here, the now, the real world, you know, the, the, what, what we exist in, you know, because, because survival of the fittest, it, it flies in the face of, of, of love thy neighbor. Flies in the hey, face. Peter. Hey, Peter. The face hey, Peter. Hey, Peter. Hey, Peter. Hey, I'm Peter, sorry. I'm not I didn't mean to cut... rain off that. Oh, no. just, yeah, just... yeah. Not, not to cut you off. Yeah, I, I, I got to land this plane. We only got a few minutes. But, you know, you're right. Um, in, in 2014, the three groups that are least likely to be active Christians are men, young people, and the poor. So, you know, we've already talked about that this means those who are most likely to attend church are those, you know, are affluent, educated, middle-aged women and, of course, their children. But I cannot let you all go without, and, and, and Peter was talking about structure. And mm-hmm. we, all know that, we all know that God is love. So I cannot let you all go without you explaining why do you love your father? You know, if you were to write an open letter to your father, what would you say to him? You ask me, or just anybody, anybody. Because I mean, a, a brother earlier said that he couldn't relate to the topic, so I'm going to flip it on you in the last few minutes. Okay, you can't relate to it. Explain to me why you love your father. 
Well, well the brother earlier said that he said that he loved his father because he had to. How that came about, I have no idea, but I guess because well, it's the well, right I'll, thing to do. Well, 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 well I'll, 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 I'll say this. You know, my, my, um, my father had always been there, you know, for me since day one. Um, you know, he's always supported me. You know, he's always had my back. It's just that coming into my own manhood, I realized, and we've had we've had discussions about it, you know, and I don't like to get too deep in it because I don't want him, you know, feeling bad, you know. Um, but I remember we had a conversation about him not having his, you know, not having his father, and he was because I was, you know, have you know just saying what was going on, and he said, you know, so what are you saying? Because I didn't have my father, I messed up, and I was like, you know, possibly, but I'm saying if you didn't have your father and you're messed up, then inevitably, I'm that's going to affect me as well. You know, so don't so don't beat yourself up about it. It's just that, you know, when I start looking at things out here, um, I'm looking at things that could be done better. That doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean that my father wasn't a great father. It's just that I think that, you know, we stop we stop too early. You know, we 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 start celebrating way too early when there's a lot of things, you know, that could be done even for the fathers, you know, that are there where we could be doing you know, you know, a better job in the context of a community, as I would always like to put it. Um, but so, you know, so, is it, if, so is this what you were right to him? You were right to him? No, I wouldn't write <laughs> to him. I would just keep, I would just keep it short and sweet, and just you know, just talk about you know how he's always been there. I mean, I actually did that when I graduated undergrad. You know, I mean, I talked about how how much you know, you know, they supported me and how I wouldn't have gotten to where I got. My parents. My parents did a lot of of of, of um, great wonderful things, you know. It's just you know, especially um, you know, my father. You know, it's just that in, in speaking, having the conversations about you know manhood and fatherhood and and things like that, you know, and just looking at the whole you know big pictures, you know, I'm just seeing things that that could have could have been done better. And I hope, as one of the callers said earlier, you know, to take it to the next level. And do it better. That's not that's not putting him down. I'm saying every generation is supposed to be doing you know better than the previous generation. That's technically how it's supposed to go. It doesn't always work out that way, but you know I think we all hope you know that that we can we can be the best that we can be. You know, not to say that we don't have any flaws, but um, you know I just you know he 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 was there, and you know I I mean birthdays, you know uh you know presents um. You know, just you know, sporting events. I mean, I mean, there. And it, when it really, when it, re, when it really comes home for me is is when I see or when I saw, you know, other kids who didn't have their fathers. You know what I mean? You kind of take it for granted because if you grow up in an environment where everybody has their father, it's just like, yeah, you're just supposed to be there. But when you when you come, when you end up around other kids who didn't have their father, that's when it hits you, and you really realize, you know, how much you may you know, be ungrateful or you're not as appreciative, you know, as you should be because a lot of people do take, you know, their parents, both of their parents, for granted at least, you know, when they're there and they're not comparing it to anybody else's situation. And let me, and thank you for sharing that, Peter, let me help you um, take it to the next level. And I want to play a clip before I ask my final question. Ten seconds, fellas. My father never really expressed love. And that was, I don't know why that was just the thing to do, because I hear a lot of men say that. But 
in him not expressing love that made me a person that wasn't good in expressing love either. I mean, I can show you, but as far as saying I love you and let me give you a hug and a kiss on a regular basis like some people do, I didn't have that example growing up. When's the last time you told your father you love him? I'd like last time to, I told him? I'd like. Yeah, I'd like to take, before you go off, uh, Peter, and keep your comments mm-hmm. brief. We've only got a few minutes, but I'd like to take the opportunity right now to tell my father right now, I love you, Dad. I love, I love you too, Rye. <laughs> That's, that's you, stuff. Pop? Yeah, that's me. You been listening the whole time? I've been listening the whole time, yeah. That's good stuff. You got any thoughts, Pop? You got any thoughts, Pop? Yeah, yeah, let me just say a few things quickly here. Uh, uh, first of all, let me just say I have totally enjoyed the conversation. A uh, uh, couple things, though, I'd like to share with you as an older person in this conversation because it seems like I'm older than any of you guys who have been in on the conversation all night. And uh, first of all, I want to say that as a spiritual man myself, uh, I think you have to have faith. Uh, uh, One of the first uh, entities that God established was the family, and he established the family before he uh, established the church. And... As far as fathers go, remember that if your father is still alive, remember that your father is a man, and he is imperfect, and he's still trying to be perfected. So you can't expect everything from your father to be perfect as you might like it to be, because we are all imperfect. And with age will come a little more wisdom for all of you, I'm sure, and, and, and for all of us. Because when we're young, particularly, we don't possess a lot of wisdom a lot of times. I think a lot of times we think we have a lot of wisdom, but I, I think that as we grow older, we find out that... Uh, when we thought we knew a lot of stuff, we really didn't know anything. So I'll just leave it with that. I don't want to take up a lot of the time. So, like I say, I love you, Rod, and uh, this has been interesting. That's what's up. Good word. Love you too, Bob. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. Uh, Anybody else? Uh, When's the last time? I think, Peter, you had something to say. Keep it brief, sir. we only got a few minutes. When's no, the last time uh, you told what, your what father you loved him? When's the last time you told your father you loved him? Uh, grandmother's funeral. When was that? That was the last time. Uh, when was that? I want to say about six, long. Yeah, about six or seven years ago, yeah. We, 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 uh, my family, um, you know, um, in terms of uh, uh, of the love in our family, um, I love you is not something that's stated on a daily basis. I, I, I can admit that I've heard it a few times growing up, but we knew we were loved by um, the environment that we were in and 
um, everything that, you know, my mother and father were doing for, you know, me and my brother or my brother and I. Um, so in terms of uh, it having to be uh, reinforced daily, um, I'd say it, I'm saying I don't know if it needed to be, but I, I can definitely admit that you know there were times when I thought you know you know they you know they don't say it and and you know I don't say it and how come we're not like that when I would see other people interact and you know every every time they would speak to each other every time they would walk out of the house it was I love you you know it just it seemed kind of corny to me but um but I definitely think that there is 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 a place for it and that type of positive reinforcement needs to be there and I can I can on and I've already I've already thought about this myself, but I intend on, um, you know, stating it more with my own children, which probably shows, uh, you know, uh, uh, what I'm, what I subconsciously may be lacking, you know, be it that I want to do it with my children, even though it wasn't done with me, you know. Thank you. Good words. Um, That's great words, fellas. Great show, fellas. Um, I do have a conclusion, and the lines will disconnect promptly at 1230, so I love you all, y'all. Appreciate y'all, especially Pop. We'll talk tomorrow. But the conclusion, noted pastor Dr. Charles Stanley puts it this way. In his great love, God redeemed us and adopted us into his family. So we have the right to call him father. And as his children, we can bask in his unconditional acceptance Once we're saved, nothing can separate us from him. No sin is too big. We are secure in his love forever. So no matter what our earthly father was like, we can thrive in the care of our heavenly father. This is my testimony, everybody. How God favored me in spite of my enemies. And if God did it for me, he'll do the same thing for you. Don't worry about your haters. Your haters can't do nothing with you. Don't worry about your haters, fellas. Your haters can't do nothing with you.